0: When it comes to home improvement projects, there are only so many ways to complete the task the right way, and about a million ways for it to go wrong. That's where your local Harbor Beach True Value store comes in. A wise man once told me that the key to a home plumbing project is a full tank of gas. So instead of running to that big box store 17 times to figure out what you need on your own, while trying to look like you know what you're doing, why not head to your local hardware store that can help you reach your project's finish line? The friendly and experienced staff of Harbor Beach True Value have the knowledge and know-how of how to get the job done right the first time. They know the difference between inside and outside diameters of PVC. They know what questions to ask so that you can save time, money, and the headaches for whatever might be on that honey-do list. So when you're in need of plumbing supplies, HVAC, paint, DNR licenses, yard and garden items, or just that one random nut and bolt that went missing, you know where to go. That's your local hardware store in downtown Harbor Beach at the corner of 1st and State Street, just a block from the main light. Harbor Beach True Value. Locally owned and locally yours.
1: The WLEW Sports Network presents the Game of the Week. With Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, and Dan Banky, You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services. To get to Detroit, sometimes you
0: have to drive through Petoskey first. It's the last stop before Ford Field and leads the Ugly Bearcats up against the Mountaineers of Iron Mountain. Good afternoon, folks, from a snow-filled Northman Stadium in Petoskey, Michigan, for the MHSA Division 8 State Semifinals. You're listening to the WFW Sports Network, and I'm your host, Clark Ramsey. For today's broadcast, alongside of me, as always, as a true professional, even as a license to prove it, please welcome Dave Hansen.
2: Thank you Clark, uh, happy to be here and uh, well this is a this is a first for us. This is uh, one of the worst snowfalls we've seen doing a football game and this crew has been at it since we've gotten here a couple hours ago.
0: We are down to just the last four teams in the Division 8 playoffs, Clarkson Everest, Ottawa Lake Whiteford, Iron Mountain and the Ugly Bearcats. By the end of the day, we'll know who who's Thanksgiving has to be canceled and relocated to Detroit next week.
2: Yeah, and hopefully that's ours. Uh, obviously, the probably Bearcats have as good a chance as anybody to uh, to punch their ticket. And they're not going to let this while they're bother. They are ready to go.
0: The Iron Mountain Mountaineers are no strangers to the postseason, making their ninth appearance in the semifinals today. The two time state champions of Michigan's Upper Peninsula haven't lost in 85 days. The very first week of the season. Last week, Iron Mountain squeaked by Everett by just one point, and now have their eyes on the LD Bearcats.
2: Yeah, and that was a wild game. Everett led. 27 to 6 in the second quarter ended up being a close game but watching that game there's plenty of weaknesses that Ubley plans to expose
0: the Ubley Bearcats picked up last week where they left off all season with yet another 40 plus point victory against Fowler 49 to 7 the Bearcats are back in the state semifinals for the fourth straight year but now they want to clear this hurdle for a return trip to Ford Field
2: what can you say more running clocks they have absolutely dominated
0: anybody they've played Iron Mountain you're next Before the state semifinals get underway today, we'll host our media roundtable, discuss the rest of the playoff field, and break down the game of the week, Iron Mountain and Obli from Petoskey, Michigan. In the meantime, we might go out and shovel as well. It's all right here on your home for high school football at the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anchor Valley Services on Sports Radio 1021 and live worldwide at WLWSports.com. Today's presentation of the W L W Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Anger Valley Services, Dia Services of Cass City for all of your grain handling needs, Got a Radiator in Air Condition of Maddox. Axe, Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, North Star Bank, Guiding the Way, Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation, Bayport State Bank, Humbley Motor Service, Smigelski Fair Home, McVeigh Insurance Agency, Nutrient Egg Solutions, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and sure Health better health, better life. Internet services are provided by Anger Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to angervalleyservices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. Are you sure? There you go. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's holding their breath up here. <laughs> this game broadcast is a copyright presentation of Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction with the express written consent of the W at Sports Network is strictly prohibited. prohibited. It's the state semifinals, and you are listening to the WLW Sports Network. We are broadcasting live from Northman Stadium in Petoskey, Michigan, or so we think it is Northman Stadium. We can't see anything. The field is starting to finally make shape. We can kind of see some green turf underneath the piles of snow. And it's uh, if you have not checked out this sports complex, you'll want to check it out for yourself. Built as part of a bond proposal that was passed in November of 2014, The stadium opened its doors in the fall of 2016. The total price tag for the football stadium, which can hold 3,000 fans, baseball and softball fields, and more, were in the range of $14 million. This stadium has been on my bucket list personally since it opened in 2016, and now six years later, we can finally check that one off. Not to mention, Petoskey is a lot closer of a drive than having to play across the bridge and over in Marquette at the Superior Dome. Don't get me wrong. Playing in the world's largest wood structure dome is a very cool experience and probably preferred today, especially with the snow, but the 400-mile drive one-way at 409 a gallon can be a bit of a taxing on a fan base a week before having to drive all the way to downtown Detroit. Regardless of the location, your broadcast team, though, is here for it. No matter the time, no matter the place, and no matter the opponent, unbeknownst to us, I actually hit a milestone broadcast la- number last week. The Fowler game marked my 400th broadcast on the WLW Sports Network. And the person who's been on my side for 197 of them is the true professional himself, Dave Hansen.
2: I, I didn't know it was that close to 200. That's pretty cool as well. But yeah, this uh, back to what you're talking about. This is a, an awesome facility. Uh, obviously, completely snow covered and harder to see today. But uh, that isn't shying away from. Uh, you can see the ugly fans starting to pile in. So they always travel well. But again, awesome facility, and I'm happy to be
0: here. Very much so. And the snow has seemed to taper off at the moment. It was uh, coming down at quite the clip. If you have uh, we put, did a Facebook Live video. You can check out on Facebook. Uh, just search for WLW Sports, and you can find it right there. Also making the trip to Petoskey this weekend is our director of sports information, Doug Cole. Traveling all the way from Livonia, Michigan, meeting us in Bay City, and then traveling up with us, Doug handles all of our real-time stats throughout the entire broadcast. Doug, your spot in Petoskey is a bit more roomy and comfortable than what you've been used to in Ubley the past few weeks. Oh,
3: this is great. I mean, I don't mind the Ubley boot, uh, but this is, uh, this is a great field, and uh, looking forward to a great game. Well,
2: Doug, I got to tell you, it was, it was an honor to have uh, Dining Doug with you today. So uh, why don't you tell everybody where we got to stop?
3: Absolutely. I had some friends with me. Uh, yes. Had, yep, the whole WLEW crew. And uh, we went to J.W. Fillmore's Family
0: Restaurant. Yes. Where Locos go to eat. Yes, <laughs> the sign said so. <laughs> we, we did talk about trying to get switch the sign says where Doug eats. But there you go. It was, it was too cold. Our so. eats. That's true. That's true. Well, the more important thing, though, Doug, what would you have? And does it get the Doug Gold seal of approval? Oh,
3: you know what? I went pretty light today. It's probably my uh, I went uh, two scrambled eggs with hash browns and wheat toast. And? And it was excellent. Oh, definitely, thank goodness! Definitely gets the Doug's uh,
0: seal of approval. Oh, thank goodness! And the uh, well, so Dying with Doug can continue for another week, and he gives out the Doug Gold seal of approval when deemed necessary and only when essential. The best spotter in the business, unfortunately, cannot make the trip north today. Despite the success and reach of the Dan Banky School Football spotting, Dan Banky is still at his day job today. But if things go to plan for Ubley today, we'll have Dan back with us at Ford Field next week.
2: Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Uh, And I'm sure he's listening
0: in and and rooting for the uh, Bearcats just like we are. The good news is we have the top student of the Dan Banky School of Football Spotting School with us to fill in Dan's shoes today as best as possible. It's our intern from Northwood University, Kendall I must say, you've been earning your keep so far on this trip.
2: I appreciate it. You know, trying to shovel when I can so you don't get your feet wet out here. That's but, here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, glad to be here. Uh, not ideal football conditions, but I think uh, we'll have a good
0: one on our hands today.
2: Absolutely, and uh, like I said, nonetheless, you definitely keep us entertained, which is always
0: good. I try. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. In the last couple of weeks, we've had Ed Klump in the sidelines. Unfortunately, he was not able to make the trip today. And, frankly, he's probably rather excited that he's not on the sidelines today as well. But he's unable, and if all goes to plan, he'll join us from the high views of Ford Field next week.
2: I'm not so sure about that. I think he'd love well, being out there with, uh, with the Bearcat coaching staff. So, But, anyways, we will be good to have uh, Ed back next week.
0: It's the state semifinals. Iron Mountain against Ubley and the road to Ford Field can be found right here on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. When we return, we'll host our Meteor on Table presented by Thompson Chevrolet. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Listening to the WLW Sports Network and Sports Radio 1021 in live worldwide at WLW Sports.com with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, and Kendall Anthos with your call today from Northman Stadium in Petoskey, Michigan for the state semifinals. It's now time for the meet around table presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley, the official Chevy dealership of WLW Sports. And if you're looking for the latest models from Chevrolet, look no further than the North End of Ubley at Thompson Chevrolet, find new roads, and in today's conditions, find a road and you're good <laughs> join me today from the huron county view i will say very appreciative for the thompson chevrolet vehicle we drove up today i'm not sure the old equinox would be able to make the trip otherwise dave
2: oh uh, it, it might have got here but we, it would have been half it would have taken twice as much
0: time yes sure. the good old chevy silverado will, will run these roads like you wouldn't believe but join me today from the huron county view it's the josh mcdaniels of the meteor on table paul B. adams our director of sports information doug cole the 2003 North American asparagus-eating champion, Ed Clump from afar. Our intern from Northwood University, Kendall Anthos. The top spotter north of Morency, Michigan, Dan Benke. And the defending champion of the media roundtable, Dave Hansen. Through the end of the broadcast season, we'll keep score of our game's predictions. And when that time comes, we'll deem a media roundtable winner. In last week's game, Paul P. Adams was just one point away from a perfect score, which gave him his second victory of the playoffs. But as he failed to mention on his Facebook post, it was just his second victory in 12 tries. He said he was two for three in the playoffs. He yeah. said he forgot to mention he's two for 12 on the season. But
4: <laughs> Why do we got to mention those details?
0: Well, okay. All right, start calling you <laughs> CNN you know, Dave, over here. Dave was oh. informed
4: last night at, uh, <laughs> uh, over, over a couple drinks that we're, we're now awarding a playoff champion as well to the regular season champion. Hey, listen,
0: not that that right. is now the rules and regulations. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought I thought we agreed on that With last Paul's night. win, though, it secured the outright Meteor on-table championship for <laughs> Dave Hansen, his fourth title since we began this all ten years ago. Well, congratulations, Dave.
2: You're welcome. I'm trying to tell how sincere that was, Doug. Well, but thank you. Well, <laughs> I had, uh, You're I had, welcome.
3: I won it, what, two of the last three years or whatever? Y- yes, so you know, it's time to share it. it. Yes, it's getting yes, a little old true. for you. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: how it works each major repre- representative picks a winner and a final score for this week's feature game of the WLW Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner of the night, Clark Ramsey will graciously accept the victory for the week. Since Paul won last week, he will go last. So this afternoon's order is Ed Klump, Kendall Anthes, Dan Benke, Doug Cole, Dave Hansen, and then Paul P. Adams. Ed Klump is not here today, and he had the same exact pick for the last two weeks, so we went by this default pick, 28-13, in favor of ugly by 15 points. And frankly, that might not be far off with the weather for a It's not a, a bad pick. So now we've turned things over to Kendall Anthes, our intern. I think, where's your notes? No notes this week. No, no <laughs> so You would have
2: went by your notes. You would have won last week. Probably. Um, I think this weather is going to neutralize the game a little bit, but I still think Ugly uh, definitely just takes care of business again. Um, maybe not as high scoring as it possibly could be, but I still have the Bearcats, 35-7. Big game. They're still going to run all over them. Can't stop to run up the middle. It's going to be
0: trouble. So, Ugly Bearcats by 28 points according to Kendall Anthos, in and the filling in, the top top student of the Dan Banky School of Football spotting, filling in for Dan Banky's absence today. Dan Banky, of course, is not here, as you could tell, and so he sent in his pick as usual, and pulling up here. Ford Field is in sight, and the Bearcats are just one win away. These are the words of Dan Banky. To be honest, he could not find much information on Iron Mountain, but the little info he was able to find is that they run past about 50-50. But the biggest factor for today's game is going to be the weather. It's going to be cold, it's going to be snowy, and it's going to be windy. So, Dan Benke is expecting a few turnovers in this contest, and he believes that Ubley has the advantage in bad weather because they're a run-heavy team. With that, Dan Benke has Ubley winning 28-6. to Ubley by 22 points. Doug Cole, Director of Sports Information.
3: Well, I th- you know, with the weather conditions, who knows? Uh, it can be anyone's game. But I think Ubley's run game is going to make the difference. I heard that uh, Iron Mountain's uh, de- defense uh, lets up a lot of uh, rushing yards, so I got Ubley winning this game in an ugly, close game,
0: sixteen to six. Wow. Sixteen to six. Wow. wow. All right. That is a Big Ten score if I haven't it's, uh, seen one. Point,
3: <laughs> point differential—that's all that matters. Ten points. Yep. All
0: right, sixteen to six, according to Doug Cole in favor of the Ugly Bearcats. Dave Hanson, in yeah, game analysis. You
2: know, we've been talking about this game obviously the whole ride up last night, this morning, just nonstop talk about it. And this weather has completely changed how we thought it would go. But uh, any thought of this negates Ugly at all is completely false. I, I think yes, maybe Evan Peruski's speed play around the outside maybe slowed down, but. This Iron Mountain team gave up 400 yards to Everett, and Everett doesn't scare me even in the slightest. So I, I think the Ubbly Bearcats go back to their old school ways of just pouting the football, and I think over time, Iron Mountain isn't going ha- to be able to stop them in any situation. I think they win big. I think they shut out the Iron Mountain and make a statement going into Ford Field next week. I got Ubbly winning
0: 30 to nothing. 30 nothing. Okay. The shutout in the state semifinals. Thirty nothing. Ugly by thirty points. According to Dave Hanson, that leaves the sports editor of the Heron County View, Paul B. Adams.
4: All right. <laughs> I got to be honest. Uh, the weather does affect this pick. Uh, normally, I'd like to have a, a pick in my mind. Actually, Dan took my number, um, so I'm, I'm going to have to adjust on the fly. But I disagree with you, Dave. Uh, I do think that this this weather does negate Ugly's speed to the outside. Um, but but I also I also believe that Ugly's uh, going to be able to have their way up the middle. Um, uh, I'm going to go shot in the dark here. Shot in the dark. I'm going over. 62 nothing. going over. 40 to nothing. Wow.
2: <laughs> so you just disagreed with me, but then said they wouldn't <laughs> <more>. <laughs> Jesus. Well,
0: the experts I have, have no spoken. idea. Uh. The experts have spoken. And good luck, gentlemen. We have all six taking the ugly bearcats. So by default, I will have the Iron Mountain Mountaineers go bearcats. And at the low end, we have Doug Cole taking the ugly bearcats by 10 points. 16-6. to 6. Ed Klump taking Ubley by 15 points, 28-13. Then we move on to Dan Banky, taking Ublee by 22 points, 28-6. Kendall Anthus, Ublee by 28 points at 35-7. Dave Hanton taking Ublee in a shutout, 30 nothing, 30 points. And Paul P. Adams also taking a shutout, 40-0 in favor of the Ublee Bearcats. Now let's take a look at other area scores going on across the region. Not a whole lot to talk about, but we'll talk about it anyway. And we'll start out in Division One. Of course, it's the eight-player state championships today. Division One, that began in about an hour and a half ago. Merrill and Martin. Merrill, third year in eight-player football, first year making it past the regional final. They beat Munising last week, twenty-two to twenty. Martin, first time to the state finals in eight-player football. They beat Brown City forty-two to eight last week.
4: Uh, Merrill's got some nice players. I just voted uh, um, for. Uh, Associated Press, a uh, player All-State this weekend. Uh, I, I think I had about three or four Merrill offensive players on this uh, on my on my uh, ballot. So uh, just on that alone, uh, Merrill looks like they're very explosive offense, and I think they finish off this undefeated
2: season. Yeah, this could be a good game. Martin obviously handled business last week against Brown City, a, a wounded Brown City team, but uh, this this should be a great one. I, I go Merrill there too. They, they do have some outstanding players on offense, but I, those guys will make a play on defense.
0: And get that game done. The second game of the day in the Superior Dome in Marquette is Division Two, the smaller schools. Powers North Central, the Jets at 12 and 0. Mendon, the Hornets at 10 and 2. This game will kick off at 2 p.m. in the Superior Dome. North Central allowed just 41 points this season, averaging 3.4 on defense in eight-player football. They are the back-to-back state champs in Division Two. They've won in 15, 16, 20, and 21. Mendon, this is their second year in eight-player football. Of course, a perennial powerhouse in football. They beat Morris last week, 30 to 14. We were the last week... Uh, state champions in school history 11 times. 1982, 89, 91, <laughs> 93, 95, 99, 01, 02, 05, 07, and 2011. Back on top in Division two of 8-player football.
4: On that same 8-player All-State ballot, no team was more represented than Powers North Central. This team is an absolute juggernaut, going for their third straight championship. Uh, like you said, Clark, that defense is, is so good. Uh, they won't have to worry about the conditions like we are. Uh, fast track, and I, I think, you know, a combination of their defense and their offense way too much for uh, Menden to handle.
2: Hey, Menden, uh, true blue blood in the industry right there. So if anybody could push him to the limit, it would be them, but I Betting odds, you got to go with Powers North Central. They they have just owned this division since coming over.
0: In the Division 8, of course, Ubley and Iron Mountain, all six taking the ugly Bearcats. On the other side, Clarkston Everest against Ottawa Lake Whiteford. This game taking place in Woodhaven, Michigan today at Frank H. Skarton Memorial Field. Everest shut out losses to Montrose, New Lothrop, and a one-touchdown loss to Cardinal Mooney. Whiteford beat White Pigeon 38-26 to last week, and beat Detroit Loyola in a regular season 52-14. to They're averaging 49 on offense, 12 on defense, and I think this is going to be Whiteford early and often.
4: Yeah, all season I think, you know, Ubley's been the number one team in Division 8, and Whiteford's been number two. They're on a collision course for uh, Ford Field. Whiteford doesn't have to worry about the conditions like we do. Fast track, they are going to run all over Clarkson Everest. Yeah, and
2: I don't think it matters what the conditions are. It just, uh, Everest just isn't good, you know, Whiteford has been the team we've been talking about outside of the thumb area since the season started and I think it's going to end up being that way they'll be Bearcats against Whiteford next week
0: and moving on to division seven of course no area local teams but New Lothrop they defeated the Lakers and they now go to Claire today Kickoff at 1 o'clock to take on Traverse City St. Francis, the Gladiators. At 12-0, New Lothrop, state champs in 06, 18, and 20. They beat Lakers last week 29-20. to West Philly the week before, 28-7. On the other side, though, Traverse City St. Francis lost to New Lothrop in 2020 in the finals by a touchdown, 42-35. To and this year, they shut out Ithaca, 63-0 last week. Beat Lumen Christie back in week number two by a touchdown, and they're the six-time state champs. Their last title in 2009, they're a little hungry.
2: Yeah, you could say that again. And New Lothrop, uh, they, you know, that was a great game by the Lakers. By the way, to keep that game where it was, a chance to, you know, to really have a chance late in the game to stay within one score. But uh, New Lothrop, regardless, going to be fed to the wolves. I mean, Traverse City St. Francis is the team to beat, and on the other side, uh, you're looking at Jackson Lumen Christie, uh an epic, just a awesome, two awesome Division Seven teams to uh, look for this weekend. I
4: want to change my pick from uh, Martin to Merrill. Uh, it's forty to sixteen at the halftime. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but is, uh, getting back to uh, Traverse City St. Francis, I, I think St. Francis could probably win the state championship in four divisions this year, um, and, and Division Seven is definitely one of them. They are the class of this division. Uh, this game is not even close.
0: Okay, and on the other side we have, of course, Jackson Lumen Christian Napoleon. Taking place in Chelsea. It's time for another short break. When we return, we'll take a look at Ubley's opponent today, the Iron Mountain Mountaineers in the Division Eight State Semifinals from Bataski, Michigan. A snow filled stadium here, but the crew is doing a great job. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network being powered by Anger Valley Services. WLW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune in to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app in your Apple or Android device. Listen live worldwide at WLW Sports.com. Also, now listen to us in replay in podcast form. You can go to our website, that is WLEW Sports.com. Click on the replays tab. You can find a game recap, full stat summary, a photo from Paul P. Adams in the Heron County View, and also in commercial free version of the WLW Sports Network's presentation of the game of the week. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, and Kendall Anthos with your call today from Petoskey, Michigan, from Northman Stadium, a beautiful complex. $14 million complex hosting us today. Beautiful facility. The field is coming together. A lot of snow no matter where you are. Couldn't play the game. Can't move the game at the last second. It's just logistically too many things have been in place that start last Sunday already. And the Ugly Bearcats against the Iron Mountain. Mountaineers, both teams, Familiar with snowy conditions, Iron Mountain might be home to some of the most famous alumni to ever come out of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, Tom Izzo and Steve Mariucci. That's not where the accolades of Iron Mountain High School end. With 30 playoff appearances, 10 district titles, 10 regional titles, and two state championships in the rafters, the Mountaineers are making their 10th state semifinal appearance today. Leading the Iron Mountain program is one of their own, Robin Martilla, a 1997 grad of Iron Mountain himself, and a current teacher there as well.
2: That's right, Coach Martilla has been there since 2011. Uh, He has won 87 games, just 42 losses, winning 67 percent of the time over his 12 years. Made the playoffs in all but two years. Semifinals appearance in his first year and his third time total. Being at a semifinal, he has not won any of those semifinal games.
0: Martilla makes it no secret that his goal for Iron Mountain is to have a balanced approach on offense equal parts through the air and equal parts on the ground. Command of the offense is his two year starting quarterback, senior Joe Kolevecki.
2: Yeah, a Kolovecki does it on both sides of the ball, quarterback. He also plays defensive back, uh, 6'1", 180-pound senior. He has attempted 107 passes. That is triple the amount that Evan Peruski has attempted this year, to put it in perspective. But he has completed 73 out of 107, 68% of the time. He's thrown for just about 1,600 yards and 20 touchdowns. He attempts about nine passes a game, uh, averages 22 yards of completion. He can scramble. He's had, he's had a couple big games. His biggest game was way back in week three. He had 20. 20 carries for 150 yards but he is not even in the he's not even in the top four of what this rushing game can accomplish on
0: the ground martolo's concept of equal distribution and offense even goes down to the level of equal carries between his running backs brayden farah and luke wolf have a combined 1300 yards between them with just a difference of nine carries separating them as a team iron mountain has run the ball 338 times for 2400 yards and 43 touchdowns that's an average of 200 yards per game and over 7 yards per carry. Sound familiar, Dave? It does sound familiar.
2: That's exactly right. And, and Luke wolf is basically the Mark Heilig of this offense, right? He is the guy. He's got the, the speed. He's the guy that's trying to attack the edges. Like I said, just over 100 carries, 760 yards, 12 touchdowns, averages 7.5 yards of carry. And then when you go to Farah, he would be your Aiden in the of the offense. He's your true fullback. The steam, just straight ahead, run you over. Uh, think Ethan Wisner in Lakers, right? The bruising back. He, he averages a little over 4.5 yards of carry. He's got 18 touchdowns. He's the short yardage back. He's the red zone back. So they really play off each other in a similar fashion that the Bearcats do and then Braden Wallstrom is is the other one at junior um, he's kind of the wing back he's had 50 carries on the season 400 yards and five TDs definitely the third back in this offense but will be vitally important against a good defense like the ugly Bearcats have
0: Iron Mountain will show a wide variety of looks in good weather anything from the I formation to the tight wing T to spreading things out in the shotgun their wing T almost looks like a single wing folks Joe Kolovecchi has three main targets as quarterback he likes to complete passes to tight ends Matthew Kolovecchi cousin and Oscar Kangas as well as running back Luke Wolf coming out of the backfield
2: yeah the two big ones are Matthew Kolovecchi and Luke Wolf. they they have almost uh, 50 catches between them 17 touchdowns they both average over 20 yards a catch uh Kolovecki, that true tight end and then the opposite end is Oscar Kangas just 11 catches but four of those have gone for touchdowns in about 300 yards on the season so again this is a team that wants to pass the The ball, and with my eye looking out on that field, there isn't going to be a whole lot of opportunities for them to tack down
0: the field in the passing game. On the defensive side of the ball, the Mountaineers are limiting their opponents to an average of just nine points per game, while loading on a little over thirty-seven points on offense.
2: Yeah, interesting enough, after halftime, their average score is a twenty-four to five lead, just thirty-two to six lead after the third quarter. So you can see they do a lot of their work in the first half. Sound familiar? Yeah, sounds familiar. Uh, So a lot of similarities between these teams when it comes to that. But the guy to keep an eye on for the Mountaineers on defense is Luke Wolfe. He plays that defensive back similar to where Peruski will find himself on defense. Uh, Leads the team with five interceptions. Definitely the ball hawk. If the ball were to travel in the
0: air today, he would be the guy to keep an eye on. In last week's regional game, Iron Mountain rallied from a 21-point deficit and won by just one point while holding effort to just one score in the second half, stopping the two-point conversion at the six-inch line to secure the victory. Keep it locked on. It's your home for high school football. Up next, we'll shift our attention to the Ubley Bearcats. It's all on your home for the entire postseason. The WLW Sports Network being powered by Anchor Valley Services. For the fourth straight year, the LB Bearcats are the district champions in Division 8. For the fourth straight year, the LB Bearcats are also the regional champions in Division 8. But now the LB Bearcats look to take their next step by clearing the hurdle known as the state semifinals. Today is their ninth appearance in the state's Final Four. And under the leadership of third-year head coach Eric Sweeney, hoping to punch their ticket to the state championship game for the third time in school history
2: that's right Eric Sweeney's been at the helm three years now 33 and four record winning 89 percent of the time uh, he took over for coach Bill Sweeney and keep in mind a comparison it took bill sweeney six seasons to secure three regional titles eric did it in half the time all three of his seasons this year he has won that regional title i'll be made to the state finals in 2008 and 2020 have gone two for eight in state semifinal games
0: in the last three seasons the ugly bearcats have played 37 games for 36 of those eric sweeney has had the same starting quarterback and junior play caller evan bruski one of the area's best and humble athletes, Evan Ruski leads the Yellow Bearcats on offense with a calming presence, knowing when to unleash the line from its cage. With that, he knows how when to search the Bearcats forward, down the field, and on to victory.
2: Yeah, it's hard to believe that he is just a junior, 5'11", 170-pound, plays defensive back as well. Uh, in comparison, <clears throat> in 2021, he had 118 carries and 1,000 yards rushing. In 2002, or 22, half the carries, 67 over 1,100 yards and 20 touchdowns. Passing last year, 21 of 38 for 500 yards. This year, 15 of 20, 75% completion percentage and 300 yards, so you can see... Based on their schedule, they have not utilized him to his fullest. What does that mean? He's healthy, he's ready to go, and he is good to go. We saw last week when they needed him, when they took away the middle, he was everything and more that they needed for this LB Bearcats to bring that explosive
0: nature to the outside. It might be the world's worst-kept secret that the LB Bearcats like to run the ball. As a team, the Bearcats have rushed for 4,454 yards in 75 touchdowns. For reference, that is 900 more than yards than last year at this same point. With Bruski's impressive showing last week, he now leads the team in rushing, but right on his heels is Mark Heilig, just five yards separating Evan Bruski and Mark Heilig.
2: Yeah, and they, like I said, last week they took away Mark Heilig. It just, they just, anytime they went up the middle, they just crowded. They were forcing him to go outside, and as soon as they did, it was a big run for Evan Bruschi. But Hubble uses all their backs. Mark Heilig is the lead back. He is the explosive guy around the edge. Aiden Makoviak, your true fullback. Uh, didn't get a ton of carries last week, but he sets the edge. He is the guy that sets the edge for Heilig, sets the edge for Peruski, and when he's asked to go up the middle, he's the one that clears the hole. That is his expertise, but he can run with authority straight down Hill, and Seth Mauer is your true change of pace back. About 64-65 carries on the year, 12 touchdowns, no slouch. They all average over 10 yards a carry. Their running game, it just is a sign of how great their offensive line has played, and the biggest key
0: they're all healthy last week the Ellie bearcats threw their first pass in three weeks and it was an 18 yard completion to evan Bruski's favorite receiver this year sophomore luke valmering
2: yeah there hasn't been many to go around but luke valmering on the end has definitely been the guy down the field that they have attacked averages 19 yards of completion he has nine catches <clears throat> four of them have gone for touchdowns the only other guy that's caught more than one pass Mark Heilig, the check down back, three catches, 64 yards in a touchdown. We, we've seen Seth Maurer catch a pass, Chris Oswald and Kaden Ozantowski, but uh, one for each of them.
0: It's it's Luke Vollmering in the passing game. Defensively, the Bearcats are allowing 6.4 points per game. Here's what's crazy. Ubley has allowed just two touchdowns in the first half of all games combined this season. <laughs> That's right. insane.
2: And to keep in perspective, they gave up six points in the first quarter all season. They've given up seven points all season in the second quarter alone. Meanwhile, in offense, they have put up 252 points in quarter one and 202 points in quarter two. 454 versus just 13 points allowed in the first half of we, games.
0: We are just 14 minutes away from the start of the state semifinals. Keep it locked on your home for high school football. Up next, we'll direct do a direct comparison look between the ugly Bearcats and the Iron Mountain Mountaineers. It's all on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network. Listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLW Sports.com. We're about 10 minutes away from kicking off the state semifinals between the Petoskey from Petoskey, Michigan, between the Iron Mountain Mountaineers and the hometown Ubley Bearcats. As the crow flies, 291 miles separate Iron Mountain and Ubley High Schools. Iron Mountain, of course, being just a literal sneeze away from Wisconsin in the Upper Peninsula and seven hours by road away from Ubley, Michigan. Petoskey High School is just about the absolute most neutral site you could find for these two schools. It's a 233-mile journey for Iron Mountain to Northman Stadium, 213 for Ubley, a difference of just 20 miles. In regards to school size, Iron Mountain is the 5th largest school in Division 8. Ubley is the 24th largest, or better known as the ninth smallest. Iron Mountain with 264 students, Ubley at 192. So by going in student enrollment only, it's Iron Mountain by 72 students. Iron Mountain has played just one thumb area team one time, and that would be the Deckerville Eagles back in the year 2000. Deckerville and Iron Mountain met in the Division 7 state semifinals, with the Mountaineers winning 24-18 over the Eagles 22 years ago. Offensively, Ubley has the advantage. Having scored a minimum of six touchdowns in every single game this season, the Bearcats are averaging 49.1 per game. Iron Mountain has plenty to be proud of as well, posting a 37.4 average. So on the offensive side of things, it is Ubley by 11.7 points. On the other side of the ball, both Ubley and Iron Mountain have both a sub-10 average, something you don't see too well often. Then again, this is the state semifinals. The Ubly Bearcats have given up just 77 points this you entire season, with just 13 of those so coming Brown, in the first half of the entire season. That comes out to an average of just 6.4 per game. The Mountaineers are yielding 9 points per game, so defensively, it's Ubley by 2.6 points. Las Vegas has set their line for the game. They're confident in that line unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University and Taylor Swift Sports and Ticketmaster Wagering Department, center a factoring in all possibilities. Stats, injury, weather, and location. The spread for today's game sits at 18.5 points. I think the only thing more stressful... Then a coaching staff right now in this weather might be someone trying to get tickets for Taylor Swift in the past week. Today is the 323rd day of the year, meaning there's just 42 days until 2023 rolls around. We'd like to say hello to all of our listeners tuning in today. Whether you're on your way to the game, outrunning errands, perhaps you missed the turn to Petoskey and you're headed north across the Mighty Mac. Which, Dave, that leads me to this week's trivia question about the Mackinac Bridge. Oh, boy. The Mackinac well, Bridge.
2: Well, well, we're close enough to it, so yeah, let, I should have expected something like that. Let's Ver- do it.
0: All right. The Mackinac Bridge began construction in May of 1954 and was completed three years later, opening to traffic on November 1st, 1957, celebrating the 65th anniversary just a couple of weeks ago. When it opened, it was the longest suspension bridge in the, in the world, but now just the fifth longest. My first question, though, is what is the total length of the Mackinac Bridge? <laughs>
2: uh, well, I know it's just shy of five miles, but I don't remember how many feet it is shy. It's just
0: under five miles. though. I, I will give you that. 28 feet short of five miles. The width of the roadway is 54 feet across four lanes. If you think the inside lanes are narrower than the outside, your mind is not messing with you. That is true. The graded lanes are 11 feet wide, with the outside lanes being 12 feet wide. The height of the roadway at mid-span is approximately 200 feet above the Straits of Mackinac below. The steel superstructure will support one ton per linear foot of roadway. Which means the Mighty Mac can support seventy-seven million pounds at any given moment. That's made possible because of the forty-two thousand miles of wire in the main cables holding up the suspension bridge. My second question to you, Dave, though, is there might be forty-two thousand miles of cable on the Mackinac Bridge, but how many steel rivets are there on the Mackinac Bridge? <laughs> and I'll say I'll give you some some leeway, round it to the nearest ten. Oh, gee, thank you. Yeah, just uh, looking out for you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm just going to roundabout guess. Let's go with uh, how about 2 million? 4.8 million. And to be exact, 4,851,700 steel rivets. 4.8 million steel rivets. <laughs> Last year, nearly 4.4 4 million vehicles crossed the Mackinac Bridge. That's an average of 365,000 vehicles a month. And speaking of spanning and bridging the gap to Ford Field, Dave, what are your three keys to today's game? Yeah, so,
2: so for the Bearcats, we've got to point out that the snow is now falling heavily yet again, so... Um Dominate the line of scrimmage. It don't, it's, a, it's been an easy job for them this year, but state semifinals time. Iron Mountain is uh, probably the best opponent they've played yet. But if they can control the line of scrimmage, doesn't matter what the weather's doing. If they can continue to win those battles, they will find ways to score points, and they will make life tough for opposing offenses. Uh, looking at this field, this weather, the atmosphere, everything we got going, this is a good old-fashioned ground-and-pound game. What else do? would the LB Bearcats want. They want to run the football and do it to the highest level. So this weather does not affect them at all, except for my third point. Hold on to the ball. This It's going to be a challenge. The LB Bearcats do not turn the ball over. They do not um, self-inflicted wounds, but they will have to emphasize holding on to the football today. It's going to hit the turf. There's no way around it. It's, just, it's cold. It's wet. It's slippery. It's going to be that way all game long. But if they take care of the football like they always do, and Win at the line of scrimmage, dominate the ground game. I think they'll be just fine and book a trip to Ford Field next week. And How's that song
0: we'll title from Gene Martin the goes? The, the snow is here. blowing, the wind or the, the snow is falling, the wind is blowing, but I can weather the storm. And of course, Dave. I've got my love to keep me warm. All right, so let's go through. (laughs) Current conditions in Petoskey, Michigan are 26 degrees with snowy skies. They're calling for 100% chance of snow this afternoon. Winds are out of the west at 18 miles per hour, gusting up to 25. Visibility is at quarter of a mile at best. Barometric pressure is at 29.79 inches and dropping, and the dew point is at 22 degrees. It feels like it's 12 degrees out. The humidity is at 80%. Sunset is at 5.03 p.m. today. We're currently in a waning Crescent moon phase. So I think it's safe to say it is a beautiful day for football. Sunrise at 7:32, sunset at 5:03, which means on November 19th, 2022, we have nine hours and 31 minutes of daylight. We've lost 15 minutes since last week's broadcast for a total loss of three hours in 57 minutes this season. Obly won the toss, elected to receive to start this game. Your officials. Now in the state semifinals, we go from a five-man crew to a seven-man crew. Your referee in the white cap. Through the snow, everyone has a white cap, but that's Adam Bergman. Umpire, Charlie Morrison. Head linesman, Martin Trudgeon. Line judge, Christopher Barron. Back judge, Jeff Rule. Your side judge, Brandon Bruce. And your field judge, Eric Danielson. Ubley won the toss, elected to receive, so we'll walk you through those starting lineups as well. At center, a 6'3", 200-pound senior, number 50, Cameron Ferris. On his left hip, at left guard, a 5'10", 185-pound junior, number 64, Candon Peruski. Left tackle, 6'3", 250-pound junior, number 76, Mitchell Foote. And the tight end on the left side, a 6'2", 200-pound senior with Golden locks, stretching out of his helmet, number 12, Chris Oswald. On the right side of the lane, the line, your right guard, number 68, a 6-foot, 180-pound senior, number 68, Parker Peruski. A at-right tackle. A number 61, a 5'10", 195-pound senior, Logan Vollmering. In your tight end of the right side, 5'11", sophomore, 170 pounds, number 11, Luke Valmering. At quarterback, under center, 5'11", 170-pound junior, Evan Brewski, number 10, making his 36th start in 37 games in his career at Ubley. Your backfield, straight T, halfback, fullback, halfback, 30, 23, and 27. On the left side, halfback, 5'10", 180 pounds, a junior, Seth Maurer. Your fullback, 5'10", 170 pounds, senior, number 23, Aiden Mikowiak. On the right side, 5'10", 175 pounds, senior, number 27, Mark Heilig.
2: Yeah, you got it. And Like I said, I got to point out that they have stayed healthy, the LB Bearcats, all year. So it's been kind of just the same guy, same spots every single week, and that is crucial this time of the year but this will be their toughest task yet i'm not saying they won't take care of business because i think they will but with the elements we have in front of us iron mountain is a up team this is no stranger to them it's going to be an
0: interesting battle out there today the iron mountain mountaineers on defense typically come out in a style against ubley in a 5-3 defense you'll have alec Hoffercorn colin schneider connor owens aiden ellis and oscar king is on the front lines outside linebacker brandon wollstrom Brendan farah number 20 middle linebacker and outside linebacker on the right side fulton stroud a cornerback on each side with a free safety in the back that would be luke wolf who leads the team in interceptions at five this season
2: yeah one thing i want to point out that five of those three guys on the defensive line for iron mountain are sophomores so that they are going to be asked to play a gigantic role of battling with this offensive line and this running game
0: and two of those on the right side defensive tackle aiden and defensive end oscar kangas I think that's where Mark Hilick might be going after. I think Seth Maurer's going to be taking that one. You got it. I think so too. Good afternoon. It's now we listen in to the PA announcer here at Northman Stadium from Patasca, Michigan as the snow continues to fall. It is truly a broadcast in a game we will never forget, no matter what happens here in the next two and a half hours. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, and Kendall Anthos with your call today. Dan Banky, unfortunately, could not make the the game. He's listening from afar. And another session of the Dan Banky School of Football spotting underway as well. Teaching the next... Generation of football spotters across the nation.
2: Yes, and we have the we have the first student here, and I, I imagine he'll help us. Uh, but he'll have a tough task today, seeing through the snow. As well. I was going to say
0: I'm not sure if they've gotten to the the segment of the classwork uh, that is, he, he can't go through the snow yet. So uh, we're, we're not winter certified in spotting. But now we listen into the national anthem. A live rendition there from Petoskey, or the Petoskey locals, North Woman, per se. As 12 minutes are on the board, we can see the 50-yard line and the goal lines. Everything in between that is White Abyss of Northern Michigan. For those thinking we should move this game, well, frankly, the Iron, the Superior Dome was already booked for the entire day. Logistics take place six days before this game even gets underway very hard to move this game and frankly i think both teams are looking forward to it
2: oh i think the kids are going to love it they they've said it as soon as they walked in we uh, we saw them come off the bus and it, the kids are ready they were like this is like playing in the backyard at recess at school all those things back in the day they they, they love it they are looking forward to it coaches maybe not so much standing around there but uh this will be an interesting task because as you said we can see the sideline we can see the midfield line and the end zone line that's it and that's temporary they are going to have to have crews out there constantly with the way the snow is going down if we're going to have the luxury of seeing those
0: lines for a Upley. while ugly won the toss he elected to receive so kicking things off would be the do-it-all back for iron mountain number 20s fullback middle linebacker kicker punter and a senior that'd be brayden Farah. leads the uh, number two rusher on the team with 110 carries 529 yards and 18 scores he averages 4.8 per carry and he's made 40 of 41 PATs this season for 97%. Three made field goals as well. and averages 35 yards per punt. And had the game-saving tackle on the two-point conversion against Everett a week ago at the six-inch line. Coming through that line to make the stop. Deep back for the Ubly Bearcats, as expected. Number 10, Evan Bruski, on the left. On the right side, Mark Heilig. Obli in their white away uniforms, black numbers, orange outline, all black helmets with a black face mask and black pants. Iron Mount in their black jerseys with yellow numbers, yellow pants, and yellow Packer yellow helmets with an IM on each side. And the kick goes out of bounds, and that will be a... Illegal procedure against Iron Mountain. They'll mark off 25 yards, and they'll start their drive at the 35-yard line, right to left across the weather and across your radio. And yeah, no question about it. But uh, so good field position for the Bearcats to start this semifinal
2: game at their own 35-yard line. Just a nice low punch squib kick there uh, by Iron Mountain. Keep it away from those return men. It does week out of bounds but no return and uh, we'll see what the ugly bearcats have in store for us i know it's a lot of run first question is can iron mountain stop that running game or at least slow it
0: down to keep this game close so it's first and 10 from the 35 yard line right to left cross radio in the t formation working off the right hash evan bruski under center Mauer, Heilig, and Makoviac in the backfield. It's going to be a handoff to Mark Heilig. He's out for the running. He has known in front of him. Mark Heilig is going to start this game with a bang and a smash into the end zone. 65 yards into the board. And tack on six points onto the scoreboard. It is Ubley 6-0, just like that. Iron Mountain had no clue where the ball was. Couldn't see through the snow. Couldn't see through the fakes. And Ubley's on the board on the first play of the drive into the game. 6 nothing. Ubley over Iron Mountain.
2: Yeah, you stopped Mark Heilig last week. It's his turn this week. We talked about them exposing themselves. Sophomores and right out of the gate, he could have drove a truck through that gap. There was nobody near him. The deep safety had no idea where the ball was, and just like that, the Ugly Bearcats do what they have done all season long: they strike first in a big touchdown. As Brett Mueller comes on the field to attempt the extra point,
0: Brett Mueller out for the PAT. Good snap, kick is up, and it is. Through the uprights, the PAT is good. And Mark Heilig now eighty of eighty-two on the season. And it's seven nothing. Obli, just nine seconds into the ball game, eleven fifty-one remaining in the first quarter. It's Obli seven. Iron Mountain nothing on the W L W Sports Network. Well, not not sure you can start this game any better. It's seven nothing. Upley's nine seconds in the game, and Brett Mueller's kicking into the end zone, and this one goes five yards back, and they're going to bring this one out. That is Luke Wolf in out of the end zone. He gets out to about the ten yard line at best, and he gets very very far. No, that was not the end zone. That was about the eight yard line.
2: Yeah, A little hard to tell yeah, there. Yeah, you can't return it out of the end zone, yeah. high school
0: football. <laughs> So it looks like he gets out to about the 23-yard line before he's upended. And so we to be first in 10, left right across the radar for the Iron Mountain Mountaineers, trotting out of the field, Joe Kolovecki, senior quarterback, two-year starter, six foot, 180 pounds. In the backfield, you have your fullback, Brandon Farah, senior, and Luke Wolfe, junior, who just brought that return as well, 5'11", 200-pound junior, both captains, Kolovecki and Wolfe. In the wing tee to the right side, wing back to the right, and they're going to hand it off to Luke wolf Tries to find a seam, and he is tackled forward out to about the 25-yard line. Tackle made by number 54, Jsu Susala. Nose tackle, 5'7", 170-pound senior for the L.A. Bearcats. A gain of two on the play. Second down, eight to go from the 26-yard line.
2: Yeah, just no running room. You get that wing tee to the right, two running backs in the backfield. The third one is on the end, and he runs To the right, the gap is taken, and when he cuts back up to the middle, he runs into
0: Candon Peruski, who makes the stop. Candon Peruski, number 64 on the stop. Second down, eight to go in the I-formation. Kolovecki under center. Hands it off to, that would be Luke Wolf again, and the white jersey swarmed to it after about a three-yard gain. Out across to... We'll say the 27 yard line, maybe the 28 yard line, brings it a third down in mid range, third down in five. A gain of two, tackle made by number 23, Aiden McCoviak for the LB Bearcats, fullback and linebacker.
2: Yeah, they like to have two running backs in the backfield, and that third one behind the tight end on either side. That time, just a straight drop back. The fullback double teams the tackle, and the running back runs right into the linebacker, Aiden McCoviak, on the left side. Nowhere to go, short gain, third down and a long five
0: coming up for Iron Mountain. From the 27, left right across the radio in the wing tee to the left this time. Brandon Fre- Farah and Luke Wolf in the backfield. the Vecchi under center, bad snap, has to jump on it. He's broken play, rolling to his right, looking to field down throw. And it is brought in by the tight end, Oscar Kangas. Six foot five, 195 sophomore, converts on third down on a broken play. Tackle made by Caden Asentowski out of the secondary. Moves the chains all the way out to the 38-yard line for an 11-yard pickup when they needed five. Move the chains for Iron Mountain.
2: Yeah, so Joe Colavecchia is a, is a nice quarterback, but he can be a little wild. He can get a little bit. Uh, he trusts his arm almost too much. That snap, he did not get it. As soon as it touched his hands, it dropped. He had to pick it up and scramble to his right to buy a little time. But... Oscar uh, Congas, that's going to be a guy they're going to use a lot. 6'5", 190. That's a
0: guy they can lob it up to and make something happen. Luke Wolf trying to go around the outside and up. He brings him down and brings him down for no gain in the play. Lead the charge. Seth Maurer on the stop. They're going to say actually marked him down at about the 37, maybe the 38-yard line. No gain in the play. And second down and 10 as they tried to sweep it outside to Luke Wolf, and Ubley came up to the task.
2: That's one thing about Ubley is they're tough up front, and the linebackers go side to side really, really well. So that time you see with those wing tee in the back, you see the guy on the left become the lead blocker, the guy on the right, the pitch out behind him, follow him along the left side, the
0: linebacker cuts underneath that blocker and chops down the running back in the backfield for no gain. Two wide each way out of the spread formation, Farah to the right hip, of Kolovecki. gets snap, good snap back looking to throw to the near sideline this one is brought in but immediately tackled by uh, chris oswald brandon Wolstrom on the stop or on the receiving he's a wing back out for maybe three yards to four yards still sh- well short of the first down marker they're out to about the 41 yard line gain of three third down and seven chris oswald on the stop yeah and you like that it's a good pass by Kol- Kolovecki. there's
2: tight coverage there Chris Oswald was with him step for step. So as soon as he caught it, he brought him down on that quick three-yard out route. Nowhere to go after he catches the ball. So it's a short gain. It's a positive gain for the Mountaineers. But again, here they are, third down and seven with four
0: receivers on the field, three of them to the right. Wallstrom to the left, three to the right, and we have a timeout called by the Iron Mountain Mountaineers with 8.21 remaining in the first quarter. It's ugly seven, Iron Mountain nothing, Obli scores in the first play of the game. Iron Mountain facing a third down and seven in their own territory, the W L W Sports Network. Well the winter storm coming right off of Lake Michigan is certainly taking the breath of everyone in attendance here. Strong numbers from both sides as Monnier Mountain facing a third down and seven from their own forty one yard line, trailing obly seven nothing. Trips to the right, one to left, same formation as before the timeout. Cole Vecchi with Vera to his left. Back to pass. Quick pass right through the middle, and this one's overthrown. Pass was intended for Matthew Kolovecki, cousin to Joe Kolovecki. Overthrown, immediately tackled upon t- contact as well. Falls incomplete in Iron Mountain. More legs are going to have to punt this one away at their own 41. Yeah, so similar we saw last week, Joe Colavecchia so far is staring down his receiver as
2: soon as he gets the ball and you just cannot do that. There are too many ball hawks in that defense, especially Evan Peruski back there who was the deep safety who came over and made the hit as the ball got there, but it's a deep slant. The route run was good. There was somebody there. The option was there to get that first down, but the throw was high. you got to blame a little bit on the weather but the LB Bearcats defense
0: stands tall and they'll punt it away here back to the Bearcats. End over under punt from Farah and this one comes down to about the I do believe that is the 21-yard line, somewhere in there close enough, with 8.09 remaining in the first quarter. It is Ubley 7, Iron Mountain nothing. Obly scores in the first play of the game. Iron Mountain on their first drive, 6 plays, 19 yards later, taking about 2 minutes and 42 seconds off the clock can't do anything with it results in a punt and oblique wasting no time on right the line of scrimmage right to left grasser your radio three men backfield seth Maurer, aiden McCoviak and mark heilig under center evan brewski junior quarterback making his 36th start of his career and it's going to be a handoff to the left side this would be mark heilig lowering his shoulder he is tackled but very close to that first down marker out to about the 28-yard line, now 29, 30-yard line, tackle made by Luke Wolf. Out of the safety position, out of the secondary, gain of seven, according to the spot, gain of eight, gain of nine, according to the spot, second down and a yard to go. (laughs) And this is not going to be easy for anybody
2: at this stadium today, but that was the exact same play that Mark Heilig scored on just a few minutes ago. He said he starts on the right side, the right hip of Evan Peruski and tends to attack the left side behind his offensive line which is the weak side of that Iron Mountain line. There are a lot of sophomores there.
0: It's a handout to Mark Heilig. He has the first down. He's tackled forward all the way out to about the 35, 36-yard line. Joe kolvecki out of the secondary cornerback brings him down for the tackle. Move the chains for the LB Bearcats, marching down the field, picking up where they left off the last drive.
2: Yeah, now it becomes a chess match for the Bearcats, right? They, now the three straight runs, the exact same spot to, to Mark Heilig. He's he's rewarded them with a long touchdown run to the next two plays, he rewards him with a first down. Where do they go next? Who gets the next shot at attacking this Mountaineer defense? Because they're starting to lean to their right side
0: to try to stop the gap that 27 is attacking. First and 10 from the 34-yard line. Right to left cross radio. Ubley 7, Iron Mountain nothing. And Evan Peruski calls his own number. Around the left side, he has room to run. He runs himself out of bounds. A little bit of a late tackle there, but inadvertent tackle by number two, Joe Kolovecki, as he frankly couldn't stop himself. And he gets out for about seven yards, just shy of the 40-yard line of the 39. Second down, three yards to go for the L.B. Bearcats. A
2: nice run there by Perusky because we were worried that that was going to negate their speed when Peruski attacks the outside. You could tell he was a little ginger-made making that cut up the field. But when they lure in those Mountaineer defenders that much, even if it takes them an extra half a second to get his footing to turn it upfield, he gets to the sideline and gets an easy five or six before he steps out of bounds,
0: and it's a good gain on first down. They're going to say second down, four to go from the 39. Working off the left hash, right to left across your radio again. It's a handoff to Aiden Makowiak. He has room to run. He's across midfield field the 40. And dragging his defender down with him all the way down to about the 30-yard line. That would be Luke Wolf going for a free ride about four or five yards after the tackle. And Aiden Makowiak says, I can do that as well. Move the chain, flip the field, and into Iron Mountain territory. So you attack the outside with Heilig, attacked
2: by the tackles, then you sweep and get that keep of Peruski around the outside, now you you lure the defenders outside, you lure them to that right side, and boom, you hit him with that fullback dive, the first option is Makoviak right up the middle, and you could see it, a hole open, and as soon as he got Shoulder pad to shoulder pad with the linebackers. They had no clue he was there. And he
0: kicks it to the left side, gets to the sideline, and it's a big gain for the Bearcats. Gain of 37 on the play, according to the spot. His first and ten for the LB Bearcats. It's a handoff to Mark Hollick. Breaks out of two tackles and takes a third defender to push him out of bounds. That'd be Luke Wolf forcing him out of bounds. Well, just about 10 yards after the gain, inside the 20-yard line, down to about the 18. Second down, one yard to go for the Ubley Bearcats. Yeah, we call calling
2: Luke Wolf's name a lot for the Mountaineers. Just to put it in perspective, he plays deep safety. So when he's coming in to make ta- to make plays in the running game, Ubley's already got a pretty darn good gain, and that's yet another one for Mark
0: Heilig. Second down, just a yard to go from the 18. 6:19 remaining in the first quarter. Ubley 7, Iron Mountain nothing. Working off the left hash, Evan Bruski surveying the defense. T formation, straight T behind him. And now settles under center. Faces a second down and one from the Iron Mountain 18. is a handoff to Mark Heilig. and Iron Mountain blows that one up. And Alec Hafercourt, defensive end, sophomore, six foot one, 180 pound, sophomore brings him down for a loss of a yard in the play, bringing up down a third down and two. He had 14 solo tackles last week against Everett. Key role in the second half comeback as well. Well, it's, it's only a matter of time, but Halfricorn needed to do something different. They run right at
2: him so far on the evening, on this afternoon here, running right towards him, attacking him, exposing the underclassmen. He did a good job that time. He gets off the Chris Oswald block and gets in the backfield
0: and hits Hilick before any hole is able to open up. Third down and less than two to go for the LB Bearcats. Evan Bruski hands it off to Aiden McCoviak He's into the end zone. Touchdown, Ugly Iron Mountain didn't even know he was in the end zone before. The scoreboard showed another six. <laughs> from 19 yards out aiden McCoviak tacks on the second score for the lb bearcats it is now 13 nothing 536 remaining in this first quarter still with a pat still on the way aiden McCoviak from 19 yards out
2: yeah and it's amazing that they can run a fullback dive from the wing t where everybody is so close together and he can go 19 yards right up the middle untouched. That's how Ubley executes the fakes. Even Evan Peruski, when he doesn't have the ball,
0: and the Mountaineers had no clue that he ran right by him and scored a touchdown. Good snap and a good kick from Brett Mueller makes it now 14-0. 536 remaining in the first quarter on the WLW Sports Network for the Ubley Bearcats. The LB Bearcats looking like they took the postal worker oath through rain, through snow, through sleet, you name it they do it and it's 14-0, 536 just halfway through the first quarter. And the LB Bearcats are striking and firing on all cylinders to start this game. 68 yards and 7 plays camped off with an Aiden Makowiak 19-yard run. Brett Mueller 2-for-2 on PATs despite the weather. And it's now 14 nothing ugly over iron mountain the kick comes into luke wolf at about the 12 yard line he tries to find a seam and track down from behind all the way out to about the 33 yard line brought down by evan Bruski himself and it's gonna be iron mountain ball trailing by two touchdowns 531 left in the first quarter
2: does this seem familiar to anybody i mean this is just what the lb bearcats do the 2022 season says that the ugly bearcats are going to come out firing scoring early and often and now you find a team that has won a lot of games doesn't find themselves behind very often down 14 nothing it's an uncomfortable position for them and you can see with the snow coming down they are starting now this possession in this with a spread offense three receivers to
0: the right one to the left and it's a handoff right at the middle brandon brandon farrah has room to run and he's tripped up breaks out of one tackle and mark heilig and ken and gang tackle him down after the first down marker for a gain of 13, all the way out to the 48-yard line. Moved the chains. Braden Farah did it all season and now with a first down in tow. And I like it because in this situation, you have to Um, still run the
2: football and nobody has been able to do that against the Bearcat defense but they spread everybody out they showed some passes on the last series and then they give a quick dive right up the middle to Farah and once he got through that defensive line he had some room to run and made some guys miss Bearcats got to seal up on the
0: D-line. Wing G to the right and they hand it off to the left to Braden Farah again he gets out for a modest gain across midfield to the 49 of Ubley it's a gain of three on the play tackle made by Seth Maurer on the Ubley defense second down seven to go from the ugly 49 yard line first time in ugly territory all day yeah lots of bearcats in the area
2: leading the way like you said seth mauer very similar play spread everybody out and then that quick handoff to farah over the left side that's where seth mauer and company 64
0: Candon peruski all help out and make that tackle for a very short game. Receiver wind to left in the spread formation, three to the right, looking to his right now, looking to his left, throwing downfield to the corner of the end zone, has a receiver, and it is brought in. Do they say he's caught? Yes, it is. At the 21-yard line, that would be the big tight end, Oscar Kangas, brings it in. In coverage was Kaden Ossentoski. From the 49 all the way down to the 21-yard line, a 28-yard pickup, from Kolovecki to Kangas moves the chains on the edge of the red zone. And that's what Iron Mountain is going to have to do. That was a fantastic throw
2: by Kolovecki down the sideline to his big receiver, 6'5", 190, Oscar Kangas. It was thrown ahead of him. It was thrown up in the air, nice and high, where only he could get it. Candon Ozentoski is on an island out there, guarding him by himself at 5'10", 150. It is a complete mismatch, but that was a perfect throw where only Kangas
0: can get it, and he did. Big First down for the Mountaineers. First and 10 from the 21. It's a handoff to Farah. And he takes two white jerseys to slow him down. He's finally upended down to about the 14-yard line. Cannon Bruce is going to be credited for the tackle. Farah out for about six yards or maybe even seven. We'll see where the spot is as we're playing on 100 yards of absolute whiteness here. Of pure snow still falling on the ground. Four minutes left in the first quarter. It's 14-0 Ubley and Iron Mountain.
2: Yeah, there's a, a gentleman here down in front of us I wish to his name because i shouted shout it out, but he has been constantly just making a square around the, <laughs> around the field to keep the sidelines going with that shovel. Good for him, but a good stop there by the LB defense. That Farah is a load, and it took multiple
0: defenders to tackle him. There's a gain of six, and this time it's a handoff to Luke Wolf and the gang tackled forward out. Very close to the first down marker. Looks like they got it. Down to about the 11, maybe even, excuse me, down to the five-yard line.
5: Wolf on the carry
0: and that was wolf on the carry and they're saying move the chains first in goal to go from the five yard line you don't see that very often aiden makoviak had him in the backfield
2: and uh list made it or luke wolf made a heck of a move to spin keep his balance and that was enough to get the hand tackle of aiden makoviak off of him on that again I did. I formation attack right up the middle and he was able to make that guy miss
0: which allowed him to get the four or five yards he needed to bring it first and goal for the Mountaineers. From the four yard line it's a handoff to number 24 Brandon Wolstrom. and Wollstrom gets down to about the one yard line before he is finally stopped by that front line that'd be Caden Ozentowski on the stop at the bottom of that pile second down goal to go from the one yard line Iron Mountain going knocking on the door for the first time as the wind picks back up here and is in their face as it's coming right off the lake now and is going right in there basically it's 11 men of white <laughs> for the ugly bearcats plus mother nature in their face oh
2: visibility went from low to impossible right now crazy what this wind is doing out here but iron mountain under center here on the one and a half yard line in that extended t formation
0: and it's a handoff to farah and a second ever gets him into the end zone touchdown iron mountain the Mountaineers respond with a score of their own, marching 66 yards down the field, and Brayden Farrow puts on uh, the first points of the day for the Iron Mountain Mountaineers with a one-yard dive. He's nearly stopped at the one, but his just brute strength pushes him across the goal line, and it is now... 14-6, Ubley by 8 points with 2.24 remaining in the first quarter.
2: That, that puts that puts Iron Mountain in rare territory this year. That's only the second touchdown that's been scored on the Ubley Bearcats in the first quarter.
0: Farah, who just punched in the score, is also the kicker. The, the holder is Joe Kolovecki. We cannot see the goalpost. Now we can, barely. As this one is going to be <laughs> absolutely perfect. They want to get this one through the uprights and make it a 7-point ballgame. It's 14-6 as it stands right now. The long snapper for Iron Mountain, that would be Riley Gothier, number 68. Bad snap, low snap, and it's up, and it is through the uprights. Yes, it's a seven-point game. Ugly 14, Iron Mountain 7, 224 left in the first quarter on the WLW Sports Network. <laughs> It's now 14-7, Ubley by seven points as Iron Mountain gets on the board for the first time. And Mark Hollick brings in the kick from Farah as they bounce out to the 30-yard line, is still turning his legs. A bounce out to the 41-yard line right in front of us here. Right to left cross your radio, Iron Mountain. Caps off a three-minute, 12-second drive, covering 66 yards in seven plays. Tackle made by number 54, Connor Owens, plays nose guard on defense. Iron Mountain trying to rally their home troops here as Ubley is on the far side of your radio this afternoon. It's Ubley 14, Iron Mountain 7. And
2: again back to what i said before the commercial it was very rare territory the mountaineers scored a touchdown on the bearcats in the first quarter they're only the second team this season to do that uh, but again another squib kick for the mountaineers and it, it does make a nice balance right into the arms of high and he turns it into pretty good field position for the bearcats
0: from the 41 yard line aiden McCovia gets the handoff he's across midfield and finally tackled forward down to about the 45 yard line formerly he's tracked down by luke wolf as well as that would be braden wollstrom for the iron mountain mountaineers from the 41 to the 45 a gain of 14 probably on their first play of this drive yeah the mountaineers just like a lot of other opponents this year just have
2: no answer for the running game and it doesn't matter who it's been whether it's been mark Heilig, at, averaging 17 yards a carry or aiden makoviak averaging 22 yards a carry they've just been giving up big play after big play and that there was just there's no fakes just a first handoff First player to go through is
0: Makoviak in the middle and he explodes ahead for another first down for Ubley. From the 45 it's a handoff to Mark Heilig. He lowers his shoulder and takes on his defender with ease across the 40 yard line down to about the 38 yard line. Matthew Kolovecki on the stop for Iron Mountain just short of the first down line to gain. It's a gain of 8 second down and 2 upcoming for Ubley.
2: Uh, it's just too easy. To, the defensive line just gets 8 up by this offensive line of Ubley but there's no linebackers anywhere to fill these gaps. It's the second that keeps making tackles. Mark Heilig going right to left behind his line of scrimmage, attacks right behind uh, Mitchell Foot and Chris Oswald sealing off the edge, and he turns it into another good gain
0: on first down. Second down, two yards to go out of the tee, it's a delayed handoff to Seth Maurer, and he's going to be tackled from behind in the backfield for a yard loss. Leading the charge was number 30 for the Iron Mountain, or uh, number zero, Oscar Kangas, defensive end, six five, 190-pound sophomore, making his presence known on both sides of the field. So now it's Ubley, third down and three from their Iron Mountain 38-yard line. Yeah, Seth
2: Maurer getting his first carry, and uh, they run to the opposite side. And Oscar Kangas, uh, big guy, six five, one ninety, 190, made the big catch for him shortly ago. Uh, plays on the end, he was able to get
0: through the line and t- stop Maurer in the backfield for a short loss. Third down, three to go. Ubley's first, or excuse me, the second third down of the day. Converted on the first one. It's a handout to Mark Heilig, and he's tackled forward. It looks like he got it by just about a yard, as bringing him down was number 60 for Iron Mountain, Alec Havercorn. Defensive end, the other six foot one sophomore on the edge of that line. Move the chains, another third down conversion for the Ubley Bearcats. Fresh set of downs inside Iron Mountain territory at about the 33 yard line. Nice run there by Heilig. They go back, they go back to what works. They follow him right to left. He does run into a little trouble, but he lowers the shoulder and powers through the linebacker to get enough for a first down. That is the end of the first quarter with a one possession ball game. I believe 14, Iron Mountain 7 of the WLW Sports Network. On to the second quarter it's a 14-7 ball game with the Ubley Bearcats leading and marching down the field. They're currently at the Iron Mountain 33-yard line with a 1st and 10 in tow. Straight T formation for Evan Peruski and the Bearcats. 172 yards on 12 plays for the Ubley and 2 touchdowns in that first half or first quarter and it's a Mark Hiley carry and he's dragging 3 maybe even 4 black jerseys with him all the way down inside the 30 maybe in the 25-yard line for a big gain of about 13 yards and move the chains for the ugly Cats. no clue onto the tackle as we can't even see a yard line first and 10 probably just another good run by i they this
2: team the Mountaineers, they just don't have an answer for where the gaps the Bearcats are trying to attack. And Mark Heilig is 1A in this offense, and they've had no answer for him as now he's
0: well over 100 yards in the on The keeper tries to bring down, and he lost his footing in the backfield as he tried to turn the corner, and he goes down immediately back at about the 30-yard line as Braden Wolstrom tried to bring him down. It looks like he made some contact with him, basically shifted his hips, and then he adjusted out of that, couldn't bring him down and then Mother Nature brought him down instead. Second down and 13. Yeah, it's one of those plays
2: where he goes to just shimmy a little bit, just to try to throw the defender off so he can create some leverage and go around him, and and the feet just come right out from under him. So it's a loss on the play, about three
0: for Evan Perusky on the keep to the outside. Second down, 13 to go. Evan Perusky hands it off to Aiden Makowiak right up the middle. He's out for positive yards, past the original line of scrimmage, and then all the way down to about the 22-yard line. A gain of six on the play. And tackle made by that front line for the Iron Mountain Mountaineers. Third down, six to go for Ubly. Yeah, good good running room for
2: Mikoviac there. They go right back to that fullback dive after the loss on first down. Makoviak does get up the middle gets about six maybe seven on the play
0: brings down third down and manageable third and six for the bearcats ever brusky settles under center there's the snap handoff to mark heilig bounces through the hole has the first down and inside the 10 and finally brought down at about the seven yard line a nice dip and dive from mark heilig as tackle made by joe Kolovecki and luke wolf both out of the secondary move the chains another third down conversion second one of this drive alone three for three on the day First and goal to go from the eight-yard line.
2: Yeah, it just amazes me that they just haven't had an answer for Mark Heilig. He goes, they get Makowiak to get it back to third down to manageable, and Heilig from right to left, fouls right behind, foot through the gap, a huge hole, and he's able
0: to make a big-time cut back to the middle to set up that big gain. Mark Heilig goes down and fights his way into the end zone. Touchdown, Ubley. I do believe maybe a flag flew somewhere in there, or maybe it was just a giant snowball. But regardless, Ubley gets into the end zone for their third score of the day. No flag on that.
2: Just power football. Mark Heilig finds the gap, and soon as again, he gets past that defensive line. There's no answer. A linebacker makes contact with him, but Heilig just powers right through him and drags him into the end zone for his second score of the night, Ubley's third, as they look to tack on
0: their third extra point. Heilig with a seven-yard dash into the end zone for the score. It's now 20-7 to over Iron Mountain with a PAT on the way here from Brett Mueller. Going for the third PAT of the day, and it is good. He's now eighty two of eighty-four on the day, and he's now tied with the fifth most PATs made in the season for Brett Mueller on the for the year <laughs> of the WLW Sports Network. Nine fifty six left in the second quarter. It's Ubley twenty one, Iron Mountain seven. 21-7, 9:56 left in the second quarter. Mark Highlight from seven yards out punches in the third score of the day for the Ugly Bearcats. Mueller three for three, even in these conditions, for the Ugly Bearcats. Now 21-7, Ugly after a 59-yard drive covering nine plays in about four and a half minutes off the clock. Fred Mueller ready to kick things off from the 40-yard line in their own territory, left or right across your radio. Wind is coming off from the front right corner of the radio, if that makes sense to you. Deep bag for the <laughs> Iron Mountain Mountaineers. That would be number 11, Luke Wolf, and Mo- Matthew Kolovecki, number 4. And the kick comes in the middle ground, and Braden Farah brings it in, but he cannot grab his footing, and he's brought down by himself at the 24-yard line and so Iron Mountain will start out first and 10, deep in their own territory, their own 24, trailing by two touchdowns, 21-7. to seven. Yeah, so Iron Mountain was
2: able to score on their last drive, but it was set up by uh, a big pass play down the sideline to Oscar Kangas, and obviously is going to remember that, so I'll be keeping an eye on whether they bring over a double team or if they let K- uh, they've let Caden Ozentosky pretty much guard everybody all season long, uh, one-on-one, see if he gets any help to try to take that play away, because without it, I don't know if Iron Mountain can move the ball on the ground consistently enough to go all
0: the way down the field and score. From the 27-yard line, first and 10, wing T, or I formation. Farrah and Wolf in the backfield. It's a handoff to Wolf. He breaks out his first tackle there. but has been Evan Bruschi there to clean him up after just about a two, maybe three-yard gain out to the 25-yard line. So a gain of three. Clock continues to roll here. 940 left in the second quarter. Ubley 21, Iron Mountain 7, second and 7 for Iron Mountain. At the
2: good old I-formation, you see that uh, fullback help pick up the gap, and the running back do the rest. They get about two, maybe three on the play, but that's it. A swarming defense, not allowing any yards after contact. They do a really good job. Farah is that fullback who helped pick up the linebacker, but there's plenty more where that came from to
0: only allow two yards on that play. Out of the tee. Right, me, I formation back to pass looking to his left. Now he has to scramble, and he's been brought down for a sack in the backfield way back at the 20 yard line. Vecchi had nowhere to go, and the ugly defenders swarming to him. Logan Vollmering, nose guard, 5'10, 195 pounds senior, brings him down for the sack back of the 20 yard line. Or it's about the 22-yard line. Again, or loss of five in the play, now third down and 15. Yeah,
2: there was a lot of pressure. Valmering's going to get the sack, but there was plenty of guys that were about to make a break on the quarterback also. He's got to get rid of that ball quicker. The bad part for the Mountaineers was they had Kangas running down the middle of the field, so not only was Ozntoski on him, but that allows Evan Peruski to keep that double coverage. The quarterback doesn't like what he sees, and when he goes to tuck it and run it, there was nowhere
0: to go. Vollmering swallowed him up for a loss. Empty set here for Kolovacchi. Three to the right, two to the left. In the shotgun. Looking downfield. Throwing to the near sideline. Lets it fly for Kangas. And this one is underthrown. And it hits his hands. And a flag flies right at midfield. As there's a little contact there. Kaden Ozintasi brought him down before the ball was able to get there. And despite that, he nearly brought in the pass as well. So, incomplete. But a flag flies. There'll be 15 yards from the original line of scrimmage. It's a 16-yard gain, or 16 yards for the first down, so repeat third down. Mark off 15 from the original line of scrimmage. This is going to be a third down, one to go.
2: Yeah, it's a very interesting how that rule works because that penalty was about 30 yards, maybe more downfield where it actually happened, but they, just as we said, they leave Caden uh, Ozentosky on an island by himself with the 6'5 sophomore wide receiver, and I'll give Kolovecki credit he looked right the whole time but knew he was going left which is where kangas was he throws it up high and ozintoski never turns around makes a lot of contact with the
0: receiver pretty easy pass interference call but it's still third down and two even after the penalty wing t to the right and they hand it off to brandon farah has the first down lowers the shoulder and does his best ethan wisner pressure. it gets out to about the 39 yard line for a four yard gain but they only needed one. Move the chains, a third down conversion for Iron Mountain. New set of downs, first and 10.
2: Yeah, Braden Fair, 5'10, well over 200 pounds. Uh, looks like an offensive lineman running the football. Very very good comp there and ethan wisner over there in lakers just big physical back likes to run right at you and he is there short down short down working back and does exactly what they need him to do there on third and two
0: and that's get a fresh set of downs wing t to the left first and 10 Kolovecki back to pass fakes a pass handoff now scrambles and he's gonna be brought down for a loss in the backfield a loss of a yard back at the 37 yard line Number 61 bringing him down. Logan Vollmering with his second sack of the day. He came in today with just 17 tackles and 14 assists on the season and making it count so far. Second down, 12 to go for Iron Mountain. Yeah,
2: Logan Vollmering there as well. 61 helped making that tackle on defense. The quarterback didn't like what he saw with the three receivers he had down the field. Does the right thing, tucks
0: it and runs, but those guys trip him up right there at the line of scrimmage, and it's a sack for a loss of two. Drips to the right, one to the left, has a Wolf to his right in the backfield, and it's going to be handoff to Wolf, coming to the left side, and there's White Jersey swarming to him, brings him down for another loss of about a yard, leading the charge, that was Aiden McCoviak as well as Seth Maurer on the stop, Cannon Bruski was making sure he wasn't going anywhere after that, another yard tackle for a loss, third down in 14, for the Mountaineers, deep in their own territory, trailing ugly 21-7, six and a half left in the second quarter. Yeah, just nowhere to go, it- Mountaineers thought that
2: they could put trips to the right and Ubley would expect them to pass the ball because they've had a little success but they try to run away from the trips and they just get gobbled up by Makoviak,
0: Maurer, and Peruski and company. 632 left in the second quarter and um, mountain calls their second time out of this first half we'll stick with you here as it's a third down and 14 iron mountain has seen some success they've seen some success through the air They're passing down to oscar Kangas, their six foot five tight end um, against a much shorter kate and seen braden farah get out of the backfield a couple of times but not much beyond that luke wolf pretty much been shut down all day as nine carries for six yards farah 25 yards on five carries in the score Through the air, Cole Vecchi, 3-4 for 45 yards.
2: It's really been the the number zero. Oscar Kangas has been the difference maker in this offense. He's the only big playability they've had. A couple 20-yard completions by him that set up the only scoring drive so far. It saved this drive. It kept it alive. But now it's third down and 14. If you're the W Bearcats, you just got to consider taking him away you'd allow a run for five or six yards you'd allow somebody else to catch the football here he's the only guy that's beaten you on this offense so far in this first half Brandon has done a nice job on the ground but he's a bruising back he's the kind of guy you want running the football when you have the lead averaging five yards a carry is pretty good but everybody else not so much and so those are the guys that have been doing it so far this game but to me there has to be um and you can't even switch Caden Ozatowski with say Evan Peruski one-on-one because Evan Peruski is still undersized compared to what they want to do I think there has to be a natural double team on
0: Kangas if they want to take him away trips to the right one to the left kolvecki in the shotgun has Farah to his right rolling to his right looking to pass and now he's going to scramble now he throws it downfield and it is inter- nearly intercepted at midfield as that was number 11 who had his hands on it Luke Valmering the sophomore quarterback falls incomplete and now Iron Mountain's going to have to punt this one away. Pass is intended for Braden Wolstrom downfield. Fourth down to 14 to go for Iron Mountain, trailing by 14 points. I believe 21 to 7. And it's a... Uh, on- very
2: surprising that Kolevaki missed his favorite receiver there, Oscar Kangas. He did come open. Ubley plays a, a, typh, a, a soft zone, and Kangas, instead of going downfield looking for the deep lob, he actually runs an out route right towards the first down pylon. There's room to throw it there, but he chooses not to, and when he doesn't, he goes to his next player, and he was
0: covered very well, almost an interception by Vollmering. And... Farah gets the punt away, low punt, bounces at the 40 of Ubley and rolls down to about the 32-yard line before it's brought out by number four. Matthew Cole, Becky, and so the Ubley Bearcats back in offense, 6:23 remaining in the first half. Ubley with a two-possession lead over the Mountaineers. This is the state semifinals. Winner goes on to the snow-less Ford Field next Friday. Game starts at 10 a.m in Ford Field in Detroit. First and ten for the LB Bearcats leading 21-7. to seven. We haven't had the
2: chance to talk about it much this season because the LB Bearcats have been in cruise control through a lot of their opponents this season, but they gave up a first-quarter touchdown for the first time in a long time, and it, my interest was how their defense would respond after that. They did a heck of a good job making plays in the backfield, forcing that punt, and now if this offense can, with six minutes to go here in the first half, control this clock,
0: Get another scoring drive underneath him here. It might be all over for Iron Mountain already. Braden Wolstrom brings down Mark Hallig after a three-yard gain out to about the 36-yard line, maybe the 37 for a three-yard modest game. Second down and seven for Ubleem, left to right across the radio in the straight T. Evan Brusky under center. Snow starting to come down a little less, still plenty of snow. They've received over two feet of snow in the last 48 hours. And Seth Maurer gets the handoff and lowers the shoulder and rumbles his way across the 45. And gets a first down in tow, a gate yard gain when they needed seven. Tackle made by number 54 for Iron Mountain, that would be Connor Owens. Left guard is nose guard on defense, first and ten for Upley.
2: Nice run there by Maurer. He's about the only one that really hasn't broke free on a nice gain as he attacks that left side, and he's able to slide through that defensive line that stuffed him in the backfield earlier in the
0: game and turn it into an 8-yard gain and another first down for the Bearcats. From the 46-yard line in their own territory, left right across the Raider, hand out to Mark Hollig. He has room to run, has the first down, and is finally dragged forward at to the 41-yard line. A nice 13-yard pickup for the ugly Bearcats. Into Iron Mountain territory, finally brought down by Luke Wolf, the free safety four the mountaineers move the chains yeah and you see bleach
2: switch it up a little bit they they go to that wing t to the left that way now that just changes the eye of the defense a little bit so now when they do that quick fullback hitter it's actually going right to mark heilig which that's at his best because you catch him downhill and he gets into the secondary he can make a lot of people miss and take it to the house in a hurry and he was one tackler away
0: from doing that there brought down by the deep safety to prevent a touchdown for now First and 10 from the 41 of Iron Mountain. Handoff to Mark Hollick. Has room to run. Brings his way forward to the line of gain. About a nine yard gain on first and 10. Down to the 32 yard line. Four and a half to play here in the second quarter. Tackle made by Iron Mountain's Fulton Stroud, outside linebacker junior. They're going to say a gain of eight on the play. Second down and two to go for Ubley. Straight ahead, the exact same play, that quick
2: handoff. You see he's Heilig now on the left side, that quick fullback dive. This time now under center. They get back to that standard wing T. where now Heilig is on the right hip
0: pocket of Evan Peruski. Evan Bruski under center, three men backfield, it's a handout to Mark Heilig, has room to run, he has the first down, he's into the end zone, touchdown! Mark Heilig from 31 yards out, tacks on another score for the Ugly Bearcats, 4-0-1 remain in the second quarter, it's Ugly 27, Iron Mountain 7, and the Ugly Bearcats are just pouring it on. There's no answer for their running game. Mark Heilig,
2: you can see they have no answer for him going from right to left behind his offensive line. And as soon as he gets past his offensive lineman, it's one cut and back to the middle just about every time. And it's a big gain that leads to another touchdown for Ubley, the third one of the half for Mark Heilig. And Brett Mueller comes on the
0: field to try to attempt his fourth straight PAT today. 27-7 as it stands right now. Mueller weighing the kick. The long snapper is Evan Prusky himself. In the bl- it is blocked, so that is the first missed PAT from Brett Mueller since Ugly played Harbor Beach. Sixty-three consecutive PATs made by Brett Mueller coming into this game and up to that point. Four one remains in the first half. It's Ugly twenty-seven, Iron Mountain seven on the WNLW Sports now. 27-7, Ugly leads Iron Mountain. 401 0 one remain in the second quarter. And in case you're curious, Weather Channel just alerted me that there's snow beginning. will be beginning in Petoskey at 205 today. The snow you see right now is not the snow they're talking about. It's going to continue <laughs> on and off for the next hour as they continue to cut off and shovel off the lines here. So we can see the 50, we can see the 40 of Ubbly where they're kicking off, and we can see the goal lines. Nothing else, folks. Using my spatial awareness to the max today to call this game, and I don't think the Elkhart Cats mind so much as they lead by 20 points, 27 to 7, over the Iron Mountain Mountaineers. And Mueller's kick comes in by at by far at about the 27-yard line, cuts the near sideline, and he's being brought down by Evan Peruski and, ta- and crew, including Luke Valmering, including Cannon Peruski as well. First and ten for the Iron Mountain Mountaineers, right to left across your radio. Uh, looks like at about the 33-yard line, I'll say. 3.54 left in the second quarter.
2: And good coverage on special teams by Ubley. It's that low line drive squib kick, battling the wind, battling the elements, getting that thing bouncing around. And Farah's able to kind of corral it and move forward a little bit, but not much on the return. And it's a long field to go for
0: the Mountaineers, and it's looking even longer as they trailed by 20 in the first half. They scored on just five plays that last drive, and they back to pass. Kolavecki rolling to his right and now is brought in by Luke Wolf. Cuts to the near sideline, almost on a jet sweep and big stiff arm, and he's still on his feet and tackled out of bounds by Cannon Bruski at the 49 yard line. A 17 yard pickup on the catch from the hands of Kolavecki into Luke Wolf's hands and move the chains to the Iron Mountain 49 yard line, first and 10.
2: Oh, and Luke Wolf's got to get a ton of credit here because the obli the Oblis- is in a zone defense so there's defenders everywhere and it's four receivers and it's four hook routes and it's covered pretty well but when the quarterback rolls out, Luke Wolf slides
0: into the opening
2: of the zone, and it's a good throw, an easy catch for Wolf, and he turns it into a first
0: down. Wing T to the right, Luke Wolf gets the handoff, coming out of the backfield, running laterally, and he's being brought down for no gain in the play, maybe even a yard loss, leading the charge, Evan Peruski, and they say the ball is out, they're going to say he was down first, though, so no fumble on the play, and the, it's a big pileup over on that far sideline. Also in the tackle, Mark Heilig, also Aiden Makoviak, also Kandon Hasantoski. So just four of the 11 players for Ubley on the tackle for a loss of off a yard. Second down, 11 to go from the 48-yard line. 253 and counting in the second quarter, 27-7 to W
2: That's fine if you want to try to bounce it to the outside or sweep it to the outside and try to attack the Ubley defense that way, but the... He was following his lead blocker slowly, letting him set up the play. But as he's doing that, guys like Evan Peruski don't wait for that very long. It gives them time to come and crash and take away the sideline. And by being overly patient, there were multiple ugly defenders there
0: to make the stop. And they hand it off to Luke Wolf, and he's brought down immediately in the backfield as creeping his way unsuspiciously in the backfield. Logan Vollmering, nose guard, found his way in untouched in the backfield and brings him down for a yard loss. It's now third down in 12, maybe third down in 13 at the 47-yard line.
2: Yeah, you see uh, the Mountaineers, high formation, try to just power run, get a few yards, get something going, make third down a little shorter, but... 61 virtually goes unblocked. Logan Vollmering slides into the backfield and almost takes the handoff, it appeared like, makes a tackle in the backfield for another loss. And here the Mountaineers are again, third down and 12
0: in their own 47. Out of the I-formation, back to pass. Kulvecki lets us fly down the middle, and it's brought in to the, by Kangas. He has the first down, and he breaks out of another tackle. It's him against Evan Perusky inside the 20. He's finally brought down at about the 12. And Evan Brewski saves the touchdown, but Iron Mountain converts on a third and 12 in their own territory into the red zone of Ubley, knocking on the door for the second time this afternoon. A minute 39 remained in the second quarter. Ubley 27, Iron Mountain 7, but knocking for the second door.
2: Yeah, I'm not so sure I like the idea of going to the zone coverage to help take away this bigger receiver. I still think a double coverage would do the job probably better, but Ubley sitting in his zone, you see three guys deep, the three linebackers are underneath them trying to take away all different routes but all oscar kangas does is get to the first down marker plant his foot and just wait and as the the play develops he just slides in that area where the defenders leave and leaves himself a big target and an easy throw for the quarterback and when ugly collapses on him there is nobody there to bring him down
0: an ankle tackler is not going to do it and kangas pushes him off and turns it up the sideline for a big game a timeout called by the ugly bearcats their first this first half a minute 39 remains in the second So the Ubley defense will re-evaluate Jim Becker, rallying his troops in the huddle with a minute 39 left in the first half. It's Ubley 27, Iron Mountain 7 from the 13-yard line of Ubley. Ubley with two timeouts, Iron Mountain with one. And I'm sure Jim Becker would love nothing more than a big stop here before the half is over. As now we can see three of the lines. We can see the 40, 50, and 40-yard lines as Whoever's in charge of the middle of the field is doing a great job, and I might go down there and give him a handshake after the game.
2: It, yes, they, there's been a couple of them out there trying to keep the sideline going in the end zone line. But uh, back to the, the timeout there, J- Jim Becker for absolutely. First of all, isn't going to take those timeouts home with him if no. he doesn't need to, but. Uh, yeah, they have got to take away Oscar Kangas. Nobody has beat them in the passing game but him. Uh, he's got 71 yards receiving on three catches, and a couple of them have come on big time plays where it's second down and long or third down and long. You know what they're going to do is throw the ball. You got to take away option one and make somebody else beat you. But that's uh, Oscar
0: Kangas has beat him a couple times now, and if you're ugly, you've got to keep an eye on him here in the red zone. Out of the T, out of the T formation, it's going to be a handoff to Farah right out of the gut. Doesn't get much, maybe out for two yards. Making the stop for the LB Bearcats was 76 Mitchell Foot, defensive tackle. He has five tackles on the season, 10 assists for the year, and now hurry up offense, second down and eight to go from the 10 yard line. Out of the spread formation. Kolbeck, he looked into his left pack to pass, and it's brought it. all nearly intercepted by Chris Oswald. And instead of ringing an interception, he gives himself a face wash as he had nothing in front of him except a ball and green pastures on a clear day. And it falls incomplete, third down and eight.
2: I have to believe that was a predetermined throw to clear. the running back out of the backfield because Chris Oswald not only had perfect coverage, trailing the, the running back, coming right to left out of the backfield, trying to get to the sideline, a quick throw to the running back where he can outrun his opponent, but when it's tightly covered like that, you are asking for Chris Oswald to look back at the receiver or the quarterback and take that ball back to the house, and he wishes he had that one back, because that's exactly what happened, but on third down, Ubley's got to know where zero is on the
0: field now. And Ubley calls a second timeout with a minute 12 remaining in the second quarter, a third and eight from the we'll say 11 yard, or eight yard line, 11 yard line, somewhere in there as the first down marker's right down at the About the one, maybe the two-yard line.
2: The other reason I say that last play was predetermined because the whole play runs to the left, but Big Zero was standing out there on the right side, one-on-one, would have been a perfect time to throw that lob, go get it, past, And if you're ugly, you can't stop that. You need two guys there to take that away. So if I think I'm the Mountaineers, I think that's what I'm talking about here. How can we make a play designed to go one way to distract Ubley just enough so we can throw a lob ball up there? Because they're not running it in from 11 yards on this Bearcat defense.
0: So hopefully Jim Becker and company are trying to take him away as well. Minute 12 remains in this first half. It is Ubley 27, Iron Mountain 7. Both teams just one timeout remaining. Iron Mountain facing a third and eight from the Ubley, we'll call it, nine-yard line. As both teams still in the huddle. Ubley with 22 plays for 272 yards and four scores. Iron Mountain, 25 plays, so three more plays, only 119 yards. That's 153 yards less than the Ubley Bearcats. Both teams with four drives before this one began for Iron Mountain, which started at their own 32-yard line. They're now at the Ubley 9-yard line. We talk about how uh, Iron
2: Mountain gave up 400 yards to Everett last week. They've already given up 270 to the Bearcats in this first half
0: third down and eight trips to the right one to the left, that's Oscar Kangas by himself double coverage there from the Ugly Bearcats Kolovecki looking to his right, now looking to his left scrambling to his left, and he very well might try to run this one in, we have a hold in the backfield as Kolovecki is brought down at about the three yard line by number 30 Seth Maurer out about the four yard line, but a flag flies from behind the play which is historically either a hold, and that's exactly what it is, a hold against the Iron Mountain Mountaineers, a march-off 10 yards from the spot of the foul, which is behind the line of scrimmage. Back, we'll say, about at the 18-yard line, give or take 12 yards. <laughs> we can't see anything out there. Minute three remains in the second quarter. And they're standing out there, and they can't either. So they are about at the 26-yard line got to dig it out so put yeah. the ball down on the turf. Petoskey, Michigan, Buffalo, New York. About the same at this point. Less than a minute to play in the first half. Third down in a country mile. Third down in 21. From the 26-yard line and a false start will be called against Iron Mountain as they just look a little out of sync there. And number 78 captain for the Iron Mountain Mountaineers, that would be Marcus Verrett is a little upset as well as number 52 Fulton Stroud out right tackle jumped on that one a little early and now the first down marker is just on the other side of Lake Michigan yeah that's that's a tough penalty to take Yeah, back
2: to back penalties now takes them from what could have been fourth down and two and now it's it's third down and forever for Iron Mountain and I, I think at this point you almost got to just heave it downfield
0: and hope to get a penalty. Third right? and 26 Kovac he breaks out of one tackle in the backfield now he's going to scramble he's beyond the line of scrimmage and he throws this one that one's going to be a loss of down pass was intended down to about the eight yard line for Luke Wolf. double coverage there from Kaden Ostentowski as well as number 20 Ryan Lehrman safety. And he was about four yards beyond the line of scrimmage when he let that ball fly downfield. So that's a loss of down and move on to fourth down. Is it five yards on top of that as well, or just a loss of down?
2: I think they got to move him back. There's definitely a penalty that's going to take them, it cost
0: them some yardage and loss of down. So it is past the line of scrimmage, loss of down, mark off the yards, and it's now fourth down. So five, I I do believe it is five yards. Yep,
2: that's what they marked off. You're exactly right. But uh, just would like to point out that even though he was well beyond the line of scrimmage when he delivered that pass, that one had no chance of being completed. There were only a couple receivers on the play. Oscar Kangas was not even on the – he was blocking on the left side, wasn't even down the field. So you, I don't understand you take your best receiver, and he's not even an option. You just made the, the play that much easier for the Bearcats, but they'll take it. And now fourth down and 26, we have five wide receivers, three to the right, two to the left, an empty backfield
0: for the quarterback. And the only Bearcats call their third and final timeout of this first half with 21 seconds left in the second, and their defense up against a fourth and twenty-six for the Iron Mountain Mountaineers. So it's been Ubley early and often in this game. They scored on their every possession so far. 11.51 remained in the first quarter. That was a Mark Heilig's 65-yard run on the very first play of the game. Iron Mountain then punts. After just six plays, Ubley responds with a Makoviac 19-yard run. With 5.36 left in the first quarter. And then the second quarter, 9.56. Iron Mountain actually scored in the meantime. Then Ugly responds with a score of their own. Mark Heilig with his second score of the day. Iron Mountain then punts. Ubley responds with 4.01 remaining in the second quarter with a Heilig 31-yard run. And now Iron Mountain marching down the field. Started at their own 32. Got all the way down to about the 3-yard line. Now they're marching back all the way to the 30, 37-yard line. Fourth and a ways to go. They need to get down to about the two-yard line. Fourth and 35 for Iron Mountain. Quads to the right, one to the left. That's Oscar Kangas in single coverage with Evan Peruski. Looking down, opposite corner of the end zone, down to about the three, and it's intercepted by Chris Oswald. I do believe that is number 12. And they're going to say... No, number 27. That would be Mark Heilig, the man on the spot as well. And they're going to say ugly ball at the one-yard line with 12 seconds remaining.
2: Yeah, so that is a a senior that I'm kind of scratching my head at. I know you like the stats and, you know, your instincts are to go catch that football. But if you simply knock it down, you get to take over at the 37-yard line. Now that you intercept that pass, you take over now at your own one-yard line. That is... Potentially, We saw it in the NFL not that long ago in that crazy Buffalo-Minnesota yep, game. Them. Crazy things can happen. One bad snap in this weather could create a lot of chaos here. So now this play becomes crucial. If this was at 37, Ugly just runs the run play, and if they get a big game, great. If they don't, they go to the half, up 20 points. But now this play is absolutely crucial to the point where I'd almost consider an Evan Peruski just quarterback sneak. Just keep
0: the ball and dive ahead and try to get away from that end zone line. Evan Bruski in our center, three men behind him in the straight tee. Evan Prusky with 12 seconds left in this first, and it's going to be straight up in the gut. And not much going there, but they get a little bit more breathing room as Evan Prusky just keeps it for himself. And the clock rolls to zeroes, and we played two quarters of play, and it is ugly by 20 points. Ugly 27, Iron Mountain 7, after 24 minutes of play and two quarters are in the book. So the state semifinals in Division 8 of the MHSA playoffs Just two corners stand between the Ubley Bearcats and Ford Field on the W W. Sports Network. Ubley 27, Iron Mountain 7, at halftime. In 1948, Burton Ramsey opened Ramsey Home at the corner of 4th and State Street in Harbor Beach. Since then, technology and modern conveniences have changed the way we live. The one thing that cannot be replaced by a smartphone is at Ramsey Home. It's still our family serving yours. A family business spanning three generations from Burton to now Warren and Ryan Ramsey with the same values as when we opened our doors over 70 years ago. For more details, go to RamseyFH.com and find out why so many have trusted Ramsey Fairhome since 1948. That's RamseyFH.com. leads after two quarters of play, 27 to seven. It was ugly, early and often in that first half. Dave Hansen, how much tells how we got to this 27 to seven halftime score?
2: It didn't take long. First play of the game, Mark Heilig, 65 yards to pay dirt. First play of the game, took nine seconds off the clock. The Mueller PAT is good. Ugly up seven nothing, right off the gate. And then after a stop on Iron Mountain. Aiden McCoviak's term, 19 yard touchdown run. Mueller, PAT, good, 14 0. Ubley in the first quarter. Still in the first quarter, Iron Mountain gets on the board on a faro, one yard touchdown run. He also made the extra point, and at the end of the first quarter, Ubley would lead Iron Mountain 14 7. In the second quarter, lots of Mark Heilig, a 7-yard touchdown run followed by a 31-yard Mark Heilig touchdown run. Mueller had made 1 TD or made 1 PAT and had the second one blocked in the second quarter and that would be
0: your halftime score, Ubley 27, Iron Mountain 7. Iron Mountain has run four more plays than the Ubley Bearcats but have 155 yards less than the Bearcats today. Ugly with 23 carries on 274 yards and four scores, they're averaging just under 12 yards per carry today, with a 65 yards being their longest. In passing, not a single pass yet today from Evan Bruski and the Bearcats. For a total of 23 plays, 274 yards, and four touchdowns. Averaging 12 yards per carry. Absolutely crazy. Mark Heilig, 14 carries, 186 yards, three touchdowns. So we saw Heilig two weeks ago. We saw Bruski this week, uh, last week, and now we have... High League once again. Aiden Makowiak, four carries, 74 yards. And the other score, Seth Maurer two carries for nine yards. And quarterback Evan Bruski, three carries for five yards. High League carrying the ball 61% of the time, but only 23 plays of offense, 27 points to show for
2: it. Uh, it's been unbelievable. Big play after big play. I mean, we've been seeing Ubley do this to people all year long. You just kind of assume that here we are at a state, semi-state final game. And then now you look at, Iron Mountain, you look at this weather, you think, well, this is going to be a grinded out type game. I think Ubley would score, but um, I thought it would take a little bit more work to go, but no, no such thing. They're averaging 12 yards a play. Mark Heilig averaging 13 yards a carry, 14 carries, just 186 yards to show for it in three touchdowns. Just no answer. When you come to play Ubley, you have to understand how to take away Mark Heilig and then get ready to figure out who the next guy is going to be and just follow along but iron mountain hasn't had an answer for option 1a for Ubbly, which is handoff to mark Heiling around the left side and they've had again his shortest runs probably five or six yards outside of that they have been big play multiple first downs and three big touchdown runs leading the way for this Bearcat offense
0: iron mountain with 27 plays for 119 yards 17 carries for 27 yards in the score Not much going on the ground attack, averaging 1.6 yards per carry. Their longest run, 13 yards. Uh, Through the passing game, where most of their success has been thus far, 5 of 10 passing for 92 yards with one interception for Joe Kolavecki, senior quarterback for the black and gold. And rushing the attack, led by fullback Brayden Farah. Six carries for 27 yards in a score, averaging four and a half per carry. He had a 13-yard run, carried the ball 35% of the time in that first half. Luke Wolf, eight carries, 47% of the load, just seven yards to show for it on eight carries. Braden Wolstrom, one carry, three yards. Joe Kovalki, two sacks for a loss of 10 on the, play, or the game. Kovalki through the air, five of 10 for 92 yards, one interception, no touchdown. 50 p- 50% completion rate, averaging 18.4 yards per completion. Oscar Kangas, six foot five, sophomore tight end, bringing in three receptions on three targets for seventy-one yards, averaging twenty-three point seven per catch. Luke Wolf, one reception on three targets for seventeen yards. Brayden Wolstrom, two targets for one reception and four yards.
2: Yeah, Oscar Kangas has been the big story for the Mountaineers in the first half. Uh, three. They've thrown it to him three times. All three times he's caught those passes for 71 yards, averaging 23 yards a catch. The fourth time they threw it at him, he drew a penalty. He has been the player that the ugly Bearcats have not been able to stop at 6'5, 190, a sophomore. Uh, really reads the ball well when it's up in the air and elevates to go get it. Makes it very difficult, especially when the corner that's been guarding him is 5'10, 150. Uh, it's, it's been a mismatch. And Iron Mountain has been able to get him the ball, but I I feel like they need to target him a few more times. Um, And when they've gone away from him, Luke Wolf is the next guy, the next playmaker. He caught a nice drag route across the middle, starting outside and just kind of taking a shallow cross right across the middle, about five yards. And he was able to bring it all the way to our side of the field before turning it upfield and getting that 17 yards on that catch. It was a really great after the catch run for him but uh Kolovecki throws a nice ball he's only five of ten but in these conditions that's pretty good and the interception to me was nothing that was fourth down and and a mile to go he just heaved it downfield hoping for a penalty or, or a lucky bounce but outside of that throw he's made some good decisions but he's got to get out of the pocket get rid of the ball a little bit quicker if he can so i'll be bearcat defense is swarming
0: so without you saying more of the same for the third week in a row dave Hanson. What will we see this second half?
2: I think you'll see... Uh, without saying that, I think you'll see Obli continue to run the football. How about that? Okay, all so, right. The more... It's just more... <laughs> you're going to see less Evan Peruski with the, with the elements, you're going to see a whole lot of Mark Heilig and Aiden Mokowiak. Seth Maurer is going to get a few more carries, especially if this game gets out of hand. But as we saw when we were reading off the of starting lineups, there is definitely one side of the line that has some experience and one side that are full of sophomores. And the Ubley Bearcats have exposed that with Mark Heilig attacking there at – it's just going to be the, the 27 and 23 show this second half, and if the Mountaineers don't find a way to at least slow them down, this game's going to get uglier and uglier before it's over.
0: We are about three minutes away from kicking off the second half. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. we we'll return in two minutes with your 7-Half action right here on Sports Radio 1021. Into the second half, the Ugly Bearcats with a 20-point lead, 27-7, to 7, over the Iron Mountain Mountaineers. Iron Mountain scored in the first quarter, and that's just the second touchdown all season long in 13 games that the Ugly Bearcats have given up a score in the first down or first quarter. But regardless, though, the LB Bearcats out by three possessions, 27-7 to with 12 minutes on the board. To start this third quarter, Brett Mueller kicking things off.
2: Yeah, that's only the third touchdown they've given up in the first half all season. So the, their their team has done really well in getting big leads early, forcing teams to be uncomfortable, and uh, they have planned more of the same in the second
0: half. And it's brought in by Luke Wolfe at about the 10-yard line. He breaks out of one tackle and he gets all the way out about the 32-yard line before finally brought down by number 68 for the ugly defense that would be parker bruskin special teams defensive tackle as well as right guard playing all three forms of offense defense and special teams today 11 52 left in third quarter iron mountain first and 10 from the 33 in their own territory
2: you don't like to start second half by saying out this drive is the most important one we have in this game but for iron mountain you're down 20 points to a team that has not given up any points to anybody this drive is crucial for the mountaineers they have to find a way to get some points on the board the running game has been stale i think they have to continue to run the ball but maybe on first down try to find some quick passes
0: get it out of their quarterback's hand and extend your running game through quick short passes it's back to a uh, handoff to luke wolf he tries to find a seam comes to the right side of that line gets out for maybe two maybe three hard fought yards before Cannon peruski upends him Ken Bursky, number two tackler on this team, came in today with 57 tackles, 50 assists on top of that with one fumble recovery. A gain of three on this time, second down and seven for Iron Mountain. Yeah, I don't know if it's sustainable, but getting that
2: three yards on first down is, is a big ask, and they got it on that play that sets them up much better to get another first down and move this ball into ugly territory. We saw, especially in the second quarter, a lot of losses on first and second down, which then created third down and very, very long. And you do not want that against this
0: ugly Bearcat defense. Second down, 7, 11.09 in the third quarter. Ubley by 20 points is a handoff to Braden Farah. Gets out to about the 39-yard line, a gain of three on the play. Short of the first down markers, third down and manageable, tripped up by Aiden Makoviak. Of the linebacking core, a gain of three and three yards to go as well. Third down and three from the Iron Mountain 39-yard line, trailing I'll be 27 to
2: 27-7. It's a long three to go, but uh, a couple back-to-back runs by the Mountaineers that have went positive yards. That's something they struggled to do in the first half. If they got away with one running play, they didn't get anything on the next one.
0: Two very positive running plays, setting up third down and manageable. Third down and... Three to go for the Ugly or for the Iron Mountain Mountaineers. It's a handoff to Brayden Farrell goes around the left side, and Ugly comes up to the line and stops him in his tracks. Right at the 40-yard line. That would be number 30. Seth Maurer, as well as Mark Heilig in on the stop, coming out of the secondary defensive end for Maurer. Brings him down. Fourth down, two yards ago from the 40.
2: That's exactly what we're talking about. They got away with two running plays in a row, which has been tough for him to do. They go back to the running game on third down and they get nothing on that play and now it's question time to the Mountaineers down 20 they go for it here in their own territory
0: I think they're keeping the offense on the field Joe Colvecchi comes back from the sideline talking to his head coach Robin Mardilla and now fourth and two from their own 40 in the I formation leaning to the left and now we have a timeout called by Iron Mountain with 938 remaining in this first third quarter as Iron Mountain facing a critical fourth and two from their own 40-yard line. Dave Hansen, what do we expect here from Iron Mountain? What do we expect here from Ubley? Well,
2: Iron Mountain went, set up there what they wanted to run and see exactly what Ubley was going to do and how they were going to set up to defend it. Uh, so he made sure he, that team timeout was absolutely pre-planned. Uh, but for Ubley, they have to be ready for a pass to Kangas. I think you have to take the risk of double-teaming him and then get ready to stop another run play Iron Mountain is stubborn in that way. They want to run the football. They want to set up the play-action pass. And for that play-action pass to work, they have to be able to run the football. So they did it on third down. They won't be afraid to run it again. Bearcats have to be ready, but at the same time, not allow the devastating big play. And that's only been number zero, Oscar Kangas. If they can keep take care of him, their chances of stopping a running play or any other
0: passing situation is pretty good. Fourth down, Tutico coming out of the huddle here, back to the same formation. Farah behind Kolvecki in the eye. Luke Wolfe in the tailback at the very end. It's a pitch out to Luke Wolf who tries to find it, and white jerseys come to him right about a gain of a yard, and they need it too. He is short, and it is going to be a turnover on downs, and the L.B. Bearcats come up with a huge stop to start this third quarter with nine and a half to play in the third, and they stop him short by a solid yard. First and ten for the L.B. Bearcats.
2: Farrah, the fullback, picks up the uh, the corner out there, and that allows that brings him the edge, and Farrah was very upset because he had set the sideline for a chance to get that first, down but the running back Wolf decides to cut it inside right where those other linebackers were sliding over and he tries to lower his head and get that with extra yardage by powering through no luck that double team by the linebacker stops his forward momentum well short of that first down marker and it's a turnover of
0: downs an excellent field position for the Bearcats up 20 to start this third quarter now. And is on the plus side of the field from the 41-yard line right to left across your radio the Ubley Bearcats leading by 20 points, 27-7. to 7. It's a handoff to Mark Kyle. He's tackled forward across the 40 down to about the 39-yard line, making the stop that would be number 60 for the Iron Mountain defense defensive end, Alec Haverkorn, after just a gain of a yard. Second down, 9 to go for Ubley.
2: Yeah, well, a good stop for the Mountaineers on defense because Mark Heilig has been running at will early and often. And uh, for them to stop him for a one-yard gain, that's what this defense needed to do in the first half to slow down this running game of the Bearcats. Good job by them. Just a one-yard gain for Heilig.
0: Probably up to the line of scrimmage at the 39.5-yard line of Iron Mountain. Eight minutes remaining in the third quarter. Evan Bruschi waiting for the play clock. Get under 10 before settling under center. And Mark Heilig gets the handoff. He has room to run. He has the first down. And finally brought down out of the secondary. Matthew Kohlvecki tracks him down from behind. It's going to be a gain of about 14 yards all the way down to the 24-yard line. Move the chains. 15-yard pickup for Mark Heilig.
2: Now you stop Mark Heilig on the last play. This play you go Aiden Makowiak right up the middle there, Clark. Fullback dive, 23, right through the middle. And Makowiak turns it into a big gain for the Bearcats and a first down. Down.
0: That was Makoviak, wasn't it? Absolutely, Okay, so. all right. Well. I got you. That's, that's what get, I'm here for. That's why I got so many people on my crew. All right, first and 10 from the 25-yard line. Right to left, grass radio. Wing T to the right. Aiden Makoviak, who had that last carry, out on the wing back to the right side. Backfield, Seth Maurer and Mark Heilig. This time it's a handoff to Mark Heilig right up the middle across the 20 and finally tackled forward down to about the 18-yard line. A gain of seven on the play. Bound that pile is a black jersey somewhere. That would be Fulton Stroud, outside linebacker, recover Fumble against Rock River Harris in the district championship to seal that victory. Second down and two.
2: There's been lots of big plays on the game running game for the Bearcats but they get a big run by Makoviak on that fullback dive so what does the coach do Eric Sweeney he slides him into that wing tee to the left where Makoviak goes off to the side and then it's now they can do that quick fullback dive with Mark Heilig on that play and right up the middle and another good gain for the Bearcats on those quick hitters right up the middle.
0: Peruski standing behind the center waiting for the hand of the back judge to go up and signaling 10 seconds on the play clock. There's the snap, hand up right at the middle to Aiden Mikowiak, breaks out of two tackles, three arm tackles, and he falls forward all the way down inside the 10. Down to about the 7-yard line for a 12-yard pickup. Move the chains, and there's a tackle made by number 4 for Iron Mountain, Matthew Kolovecki And now first in goal for the ugly Bearcats, knocking on the door for yet another time, their 5th attempt today.
2: Yeah, you see when Ubbly swarms of the football, when the second guy gets there, there's no more forward motion. You go down and get pushed backward. That time Aiden Makowiak drags multiple, two, three. It took the fourth Mountaineer to come over there and make that stop. But way too late is now its first and goal for the Bearcats inside the 10, looking to try and score again on this Mountaineer
0: defense. The be Bearcats kicking themselves into position in the trenches that much snow has fallen and is on the field right now first and goal from the nine yard line it's a handoff to Mark Holligan he's tackled by a couple of black jerseys leading the way Brandon Wolstrom, as well as number 11 Luke Wolf the safety and middle linebacker so a little bit positive gain there for Mark Halleck, down to about the six yard line A gain of three maybe two according to the spot And Ubley methodically marching down the field here. Five and a half to play here in the third quarter, leading 27-7 over Iron Mountain. Back to the old wing tee.
2: You see Mark Heilig get that carry after the fakes around that left side. Mountaineers do a good job of slowing him down, only allowing a couple yards. So when that play has gotten stopped, the pattern has been tonight right back to Aiden Makowiak
0: right afterwards, right up the middle. Keep an eye on him here in short yardage situations. Bruski under center. Ten seconds left on the play clock. There's the snap. handoff right in the middle to Aiden Makowiak. He's in the end zone. Touchdown, Ubley! Aiden Makowiak gets into the end zone from four yards out into the end zone for the fifth strike of the day for the Ubley Bearcats. And it's now 33 for Ubley, seven for Iron Mountain with 5.09 left in the third quarter. Aiden Makowiak with yet another score on the day. That's his second. And we've
2: seen any time they've stopped or slowed down Heilig a little bit around the left side, the very next play that they assume that the middle is open, and he pounds right up the middle on that quick fullback dive. Normally he gets the first fake, and they go to Heilig. This time they just get it to
0: him directly and allow him to plow right through the middle and work his way into the end zone for another score. And Brett Mueller kicks it through the uprights, and it's now 34-7. to I by 27 points with 5.09 remaining in the third quarter on the WNLW Sports Network. McOviak punches it in from seven yards out, in for the score. Brett Mueller puts up his 83rd PAT of the season. He's now tied for fourth all-time in MHSA history with 83 made PATs in a season. And it's now 34-7. Hubbly leading Iron Mountain in the state semifinals with their punch, trying to punch their ticket into Ford Field on Friday at 10 a.m. for the state championship. Brett Mueller's kick comes in at about the 12-yard line, brought in by it's actually muffed as it brought in both by number four as well as by number 24 That is Braden Wollstrom a block in the back happens There's a the flag flying and he's brought tackle brought down by Caden Ozentowski at about the 32 yard line But this one is gonna be marched backwards as there was a clear block in the back We could see it from this far away with five minutes and counting here In the third quarter 34 to 7 as the clock continues to roll here despite the penalty They've been doing that majority of the day according to Doug Cole, our director of sports information just trying to get this thing over yeah. with maybe i'm not sure but uh,
2: you're exactly right 24 and four uh both received the kick and just couldn't decide who was going to take it and then they both at the same time decided they weren't going to take it and dropped the ball on the ground 24 is braden wallstrom ends up picking it up and turned it into a pretty decent return if it wasn't for that uh easy block in the back call and now looks like iron mountain is going to start somewhere near their own 10 yard line
0: from the 11-yard line, first and 10 after marching off 15 yards for the spot of the penalty. Wing T er, to the right is a pitch out to, that would be number four, Matthew Kovacic. And he gets absolutely nowhere. They're going to mark him down in the backfield at the four-yard line. Aiden Makoviak leading the charge for a two-yard loss. As he tried to swing things outside, and Ubley was there to shut the door as soon as it opened. Four, two, four minutes, 20 seconds left here in the third quarter. Still 34-7, to seven, Ubley by 27 points.
2: You've seen him try to do that a couple times, trying to get Luke Wolf going. They pitch it out to the right and allow Farah to be that lead blocker to seal the edge but there's too many defenders. Farrah can only pick up one of them. The rest of the Bearcat defense swarms over, makes that tackle near the sideline and there's going to be a loss of one on the play and now that ball behind their own 10 yard line, a long ways to go on this ugly defense so
0: the Mountaineers will go four wide receivers to each way. Second and 11 from the 10 out of the spread looking to pass downfield and lets us fly downfield and it's going to be overthrown and this one is going to be hitting the turf and snow untouched by anyone else. Pass was intended for Matthew Kolovecki at midfield. And there are white jerseys in coverage as well. You can count Evan Perusky, Logan Vollmering, Mark Heilig, and Kaden Ozentowski all in that vicinity as there's two receivers marching down the field as well.
2: Yeah, there was uh, it was a just kind of a Hail Mary type play. There was two receivers in the area, but the main one was Matt Kolovecki, but it was overthrown. He was overthrown even beyond the defense that was playing deep down the field. So a throwaway essentially, no real chance of anybody catching that ball. Third down and eleven to go for
0: the Mountaineers, backed way up in their own territory. Three forty-three in the third quarter. I'll believe thirty four, Iron Mountain seven. The Mountaineers facing a third and eleven from their own ten yard line. Receiver wide each way. Eye formation in the backfield. Kulvecki in the pocket. Stane now rolling to his right, looking to pass. Now he has to scramble away. He's going to keep it for himself. Now he throws it downfield and open is Kangas, the tight end. He brings it in out to about the 30-yard line. Brought down by number 20 for the Ubley defense. Ryan Laramance, safety, and they convert on third down and 11. Move the chains all the way out to about the 28, maybe the 29-yard line. First and 10 for Iron Mountain. Yeah, for the LB defense,
2: you you just can't cover that many receivers for that long. And so that play is made by the quarterback, Cole as he rolls out to his right. It doesn't like what he sees, cuts back to the left, and buys a lot of time. And by that time, Oscar Kangas finds the soft spot in the defense, and they Void disaster and a big first down.
0: Empty set for Kolevac. He passes it immediately on the check down option to Farah, and he gets out to maybe three, maybe four yards out to the 36-yard line. Tackle made by Kaden number 23. Aiden Mikowiak brings him down after a three-yard pickup. Second down and seven for Iron Mountain. 254 left in the third.
2: Yeah, for Iron Mountain, though, that, that's a good thing. When your running game has stalled the way it has, sometimes an extension of your running game can be quick passes and especially that one to Farrow, where he just kind of slides out of the backfield and shows his number about two yards down the field. He catches it, turns around, goes down right away, but it's an easy,
0: simple throw and catch and a nice way to get three or four yards on first down. It's a pitch and it's now reverse over to number four. Matthew Kolovecki, trying to find open space and he does. He has the first down and Evan Bruski tracks him down at about the 45-yard line before he's upended after 11-yard pickup for Matthew Kolovecki on the reverse. There may have been a hold on that. None called, though. Move the for the iron mountain mountaineers 222 left in the third quarter Ugly 34 iron mountain seven mountaineers marching but still in their own territory well it explains why they kept running that
2: pitch and that sweep out to the right side getting nowhere because they were setting up this reverse now it went for it went for a first down and maybe 10 yards they did tipped the hat by the ugly barricade defense you got us there for a first down but that type of stuff doesn't work all that often but that reverse was definitely set up and well done by the mountaineers evan peruski though was able to chop him down but not until they got a first
0: down wing t to the left stay in the pocket to pass and he throws it down the middle and is brought in by kangas at the first down marker he's at the ugly 40 yard line and takes two white jerseys bring him down that's evan peruski and mark hollig end of the stop after a 14 yard catch and pickup by oscar kangas brought in from the hands of joe kalovecki and move the chains for Iron Mountain into Ugly territory, trailing by 27 points, 34-7, to 7, minute 45 left in the third quarter. And Iron Mountain with some success here, but uh, number zero, their big tight end, Oscar Kangas, Ginger, looks like he, he hurt his ankle, and he's working his way back gingerly to the huddle and he's going to try and stay in this one but he's absolutely going to be rendered useless on this play
2: yeah he's uh he's definitely limping pretty heavily and you can see that they're going to try to check him out there real quick and yeah they're going to stop this and let, let him get it looked
0: at and luke deckers fellow senior tight end six foot 190 pounds checks in and replaces numbers here oscar king is who is needing needing help to get off the field from two fellow receivers So that is a big loss for Iron Mountain. That's about the only thing that was able to move the ball for them. He has five receptions on five targets for 107 yards on the day for Iron Mountain. Mind you, he has 107 yards. Iron Mountain has 176 yards in total. Yeah, he's been a big part of it. Keep in mind, he drew a, a big penalty
2: down the field early in the game, too, and that uh, doesn't get to count it in the stat sheets, but they got to get him out there to look at him, stretch him out, let, try to rewarm that thing back up.
0: Kolevicki hands it off immediately to his fullback, Braden F- uh, Farah, and he gets out for three yards after a scrum forward out to about the 37-yard line. Tackle made by Aiden Makoviak for the Ubley defense. Second down, seven as the clock rolls under one minute in the third quarter. Ubley 34, Iron Mountain 7. So the Mountaineers
2: sticking with multiple wide receivers,
0: three to four at a time,
2: and Farah now in the backfield, he's a he's as good a pass protector as they have, so he works really well in that regard, but then when they decide to run the ball, he's the type that, even if they are outnumbered because of their formation, he's the guy that can kind of drag defenders like on that last run, just a straight handoff right up the middle, and... Hit at the line of
0: scrimmage was able to dive and drag people forward for that hard-earned three yards uh, second and six throwing it downfield, and it's brought in At about the 16 yard line helmet flies off And passers are brought in by number 25 the man who just checked in that's Luke Decker right down The teeth of that defense right down the hash mark brings it in from the 36 all the way down To the 15 yard line a 21 yard pickup moved the chains into the red zone of Ubley Nine seconds and counting here in the third quarter. Yeah, nice throw and an even better catch there by Luke Decker. He had to go up and get it, but it was a
2: deep post route down the field where he cuts in front of the defender, and the ball is in the air on its way as he makes that cut. And he, when he's in front of that defender like that, he can go up and get it. Yes, he takes a big hit and loses his helmet. He's got to come off for a play. But it's a big completion, especially after they lost their big tight end.
0: We've the, reached the end of the third quarter, and it's Ubley Xander lead out to now 27 points. Ubley 34, Iron Mountain 7 after three quarters of play, 12 minutes remain, and standing between the Ubley Bearcats and Ford Field. I'd like to say hello to all those listening via Sports Radio 1021 and also via the app. We do understand there are some issues with the app. That means too many people are trying to listen. So keep refreshing your your feed there and you'll be able to pull up our worldwide feed. And those listening, as far as Adana Turkey, listening to today's ball game between the Ubbly Bearcats and Iron Mountain Mountaineers. First and 10 for the Iron Mountain Mountaineers at the Ubbly 15 yard line, maybe the 16 yard line, right to the left across your radio in the I formation. Joe Kolovecki under center. Straight, behind, or straight eye behind him, and he's being brought down in the backfield. Luke Wolf is being brought down at the 19-yard line. Leading the charge was Logan Vollmering, nose guard senior for the ugly defense. A loss of three on the play, shot right through the line, and brings him down for a three-yard loss.
2: And almost like he went unblocked, and by the time Luke Wolf gets the football and looks up. He is getting hit. The ball actually jarred free just for a second. Didn't hit the ground, but he had to recapture it as he's going down. And uh, like I said, that you have to block up front. I don't care who you're playing against, but if the running back gets the, run, gets the football and gets hit instantly from the I formation, it's a big loss. Three, maybe four
0: yards backwards on the play for the Mountaineers. Bearcat defense standing tall after the break. Second down 13 back to pass stay in the pocket looking to his left now scrambling still looking to throw downfield and He does and is brought in at the one-yard line just short And they're gonna say down at the one-yard line Pass was brought in by Luke wolf At the one-yard line for an 18-yard reception and move the chains He was falling down while bringing that in they, they mark him just shy of the end zone line And ball of that the nose of the football may be on the goal line 11:09 remains at the fourth quarter. Iron Mountain knocking for the second time of the day. Joe Kolavecki makes this play happen, right? So the offensive line holds up. When it
2: starts to break down, he rolls out of the pocket to his left. By that time, Luke Wolf can sense the trouble. He finds the soft spot, and Kolavecki throws it on the number where only his guy can make a diving
0: catch, and he does and brings it in first and goal now from the one. And they hand it off to Braden Farr, and he's into the end zone for Iron Mountain's second score of the day. Capping off a 10-play drive in for the score from one yard out. And with 10.46 left in the fourth quarter, Iron Mountain now hits double digits. It's ugly 34, Iron Mountain 13, still a 21-point lead for the Bearcats with just under 11 minutes left in regulation. Braden Farrell with another score, his second score of the day for the Iron Mountain Mountaineers.
2: After the, the big pass play, right down at the goal line, that sets up. Farrah, which is exactly what he does. He's their bulldozer, their power back, not fast, just powerful, and he's able to get in there and punch it in for the yard, and then after that, boots the extra point
0: and through he the uprights. Through the uprights, and it's now a twenty-point ball game once again. I believe thirty-four, Iron Mountain fourteen on the w w Sports Network, with ten forty-six left in the fourth quarter on Sports Radio one oh two one and live worldwide at WLEW Sports 10-46 left in regulation, and Iron Mountain caps off a 10-play, 6-minute and 23-second drive, covering 64 yards, and a Braden Farrell one-yard dive into the end zone. Farrell puts up the extra point. It's now back to a 20-point ball game. Iron Mountain with 14, Ubley with 34. As Farrell as goes for the onside kick, and it's brought in immediately by Ubley on the first bounce. Skyler Smith, the defensive end and backup center, a sophomore, brings it in off one hop. He probably plays baseball, and it's going to be Ugly ball from their own 48-yard line.
2: A very good job. As you can see, Iron Mountain didn't necessarily set up for the onside kick, but they attempted to just nail the top of the ball and get it bouncing but it took one hard hop right into the hands of 55 Skylar Smith and he swallows it up drops right to the ground covers it up and that's big because you don't want to allow any more mint momentum in the Mountaineer side now you get your bread and butter on the field this run game this wing t offense to try to milk some clock and run this game out
0: to hand off to Mark Heiligan he has a good chunk of yards and tow. So he's out for about seven yards all the way down to the 44-yard line of Iron Mountain. Tackle made by number 24, Braden Wallstrom, outside linebacker for Iron Mountain, second down and three.
2: Yeah, gain of six on the play, and that's going to put Mark Heilig over the 200-yard mark in this game. And that's uh, that's to the reason this ugly Bearcats team has the lead. This offense has been running on all cylinders, 300 yards on the ground between Heilig and Mikowiak, and they have had no answer for that one-two punch in that Bearcat
0: backfield. Second down, three to go from the 44 of Iron Mountain. 10.05 and counting in the fourth quarter. Less than 10 seconds on the play clock, so Evan Bruski settles under center. Three-man backfield, as always, handoff to Seth Maurer, has the first down across the 40, and finally brought down at about the 37-yard line, brought down by Luke Wolfe for the secondary. And almost playing halfway between the secondary and the linebacking core. Move the chains for Ubley and deeper into Iron Mountain territory.
2: Yeah, it was a good run there by Seth Maurer as he's able to attack the other side. Mark Heilig and Makowiak carrying the load. That's when the Bearcats get everybody working. Heilig, 200 yards. McCoviak, 100 yards. And then back to back carries by them that allows that third back to get going. And just defenses scratch their head. They have no
0: idea who's coming next. And uh, the Bearcats have exposed this Mountaineer defense all afternoon. Evan Bruski waiting for that play clock to get under 10. There's the hand up in the air. 9.23 left in the fourth quarter. 34 for Ubley, 14 for Iron Mountain. It's a handoff right up the middle to Aiden Makoviak. He's very close to that first down marker. Luke Wolf brings him down after a 10-yard, maybe even 11-yard oh, yeah, gain. Yeah, yeah. to Move the chains. They're singling already for the Ubley Bearcats. Aiden Makoviak out for 11 yards in a hurry.
2: And it's just too easy. There's no fakes that are being used or anything like that it's a snap turn to my right and my fullbacks running right next to me hand it off right off the center right up the middle the defensive line gets beat the linebackers then find themselves chasing and they tackle him forward for another first down for this bearcat offense
0: first and 10 from the 23 in the tee evan Persky in the backfield as has been all season, Seth Maurer in Makoviak, and Mark Hiley gets a handoff to in Makoviak, and he breaks out of two tackles, spins his way, and has the first down in tow out for another 11 yards. As we be just inside of the 15, down to about the 13. Tackle made by Joe Kolovecki, okay. cornerback. Move the chains once again, probably for, for the third time in this drive alone.
2: Exact same play again, right up the middle, and as he spins out of a tackle, it sends him kind of towards his home sideline, the far side of the field. Before again, another defensive back brings him down. But the 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 guys up front for the Mountaineers just have been getting pushed back and moved out of the way. And once these running backs get into the linebacking core, even the linebackers have been unable to tackle these running backs. And big gain after big gain, uh, the Bearcat offense averaging over ten yards per carry on the ground. Just Big play after big
0: play. 33 carries for 355 yards and five scores. And we have a timeout called by the Ubley Bearcats with 8-12 remaining in the fourth quarter. We'll stick with you here as Ubley's leading by 20 points. Ubley 34, Iron Mountain 14. As Dave Hansen, do we have a score update on that other side of the bracket between Clarkson, Everest, and I don't like Whiteford.
2: The last score I have for you is at halftime. Whiteford was leading Everest
0: 22-6. to And Everest actually scored first in that ballgame. So it's 22 unanswered points for Whiteford against Clarkson Everest on the other side of this bracket. Winner of this one goes on to play the winner of Whiteford and Clarkson Everest. In my opinion, the southern bracket of Division 8, far weaker than the northern bracket, which Ubley is running through. But frankly, Well, Ubley's I get, in that bracket, so that's say, the strongest yes, piece right now. I was going to say, not much. Uh, we've, this is the best competition we've seen for the Ubley Bearcats all season long here, as it's a 20 point ball game. By this point, in every other football game this season, Ublies had a running clock on their opponent already.
2: That's absolutely right, and uh, th- I thought we were trending that way, but Iron Mountain was able to score a touchdown here on their last drive to get it back down to 20, but Ubley has led comfortably from the gun right out of the gate when Mark Hyland took the play first of the play game. of the game and scored, and you could feel the uh-oh for this uh, Iron Mountain crowd here, and it's been all Bearcats all afternoon.
0: Hands it off to Aiden Mikowiak. He's out for the running just shy of the goal line as is tripped up by Joe Kolovecki, just shy of the goal line of the two-yard line, out for 10 yards. Very close to the first down marker. Not now. They're signaling They're gonna have to take a look at this one. Maybe not measure. And the official saying from a distance. First down. Move the chains. First and goal to go.
2: Yeah, that's that's good enough by everybody else here too. Uh, it was close enough in this is, this scenario with all this snow. That you can barely see uh, each of the ten yard lines. They scraped them off. With, they're filled back in already. Most of it, but. Again, good job for the Bearcats there. Another first down. It's first and goal now from the two as the Bearcats look to add on another touchdown.
0: 7.45 and counting in the fourth quarter. Ubley 34, Iron Mountain 14. Evan Bruski stands at the two-yard line of Iron Mountain with his offense, trying to tack on their sixth score of the day. Evan Bruschi gets the snap handoff to Aiden Mikowiak, and he finishes off the drive with a two-yard dash into the end zone, untouched. And the LB Bearcats strike once again with 7.28 remaining in the fourth quarter. Aiden Mikowiak with another score. That is his third of the day. Mark Holly with three scores. Aiden Mikowiak with three scores as well. And the Bearcats now lead by 26 points. Again, 40-14.
2: And just another outstanding drive, and, and they had a lot of big plays. McCovia had back-to-back-to-back 11-yard runs where they're very close to, and they utilized a lot of clock as much as they could with all those big gains, and the Mueller
0: PAT is on the way. And the PAT is good, and it is now 41-14, to a 27-point lead once again for the L.A. Bearcats in the WLW Sports Network. 7.28 left in the fourth quarter, and Obli tacks on their sixth score of the day. This time, an Aiden Makoviak two-yard dive in the end zone. Mueller puts in the PAT. It is now 41-14. to That drive, 52, play, 52 yards, six plays, four first downs, and three minutes and 18 seconds off the clock. Puts Ubley back out by 27 points with 7.28 remaining in regulation as Brett Mueller is now on the season 84 of 87. He needs one more PAT to be tied for third of all time and it's uh, off the on- it's an onside kick attempt maybe unintentionally and it comes across the 40 down to about the 37 yard line before it's picked up by number 25 the backup tight end Luke Decker has replaced Oscar King who's out with an angle injury
2: yeah, that's exactly right. There, Kendall saying it's, it's just a bullet. That's exactly what they're trying to do, right? Just hit a laser out there, a line drive, mm-hmm. hit as far out there as you can, get that thing bouncing around. Try not to allow a big return, and it deflects right off one of the front linemen, and, and falls harmlessly to the ground. The best thing the Mountaineers could do is dive on
0: it. You can't say laser without saying it like laser. You gotta enunciate that. First and ten from the 37 of Iron Mountain. Right to left, cross your radio. 41 to 14, Ugly leading. Iron Mountain from Petoskey, Michigan. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, and Kendall with your call today. Hand off to number 24, Braden Wollstrom. He gets out for three yards. Out to the 40-yard line, Brandon the Powell was Cannon Borowski for the ugly defense. Second down in seven as the clock rolls by the next snap under seven minutes.
2: Nice job by that Bearcat defense. Swarm into the football. There was a blocker there, but it didn't matter. There were multiple, two, three different Bearcats there in the area to make that tackle, and as soon as they make contact with the running back, he goes no further than that
0: three yards. Second down, seven to go from the Iron Mountain 40-yard line right to left cross radio. Yellow pants, black jerseys, Packer yellow helmets with an IM on each side in white, and white circle, black lettering, white and black stripe down the middle. Back to pass. Tolovecki looking downfield. He's in trouble. He's going to be brums out of his trouble. And now he has gained yards and he runs for the first down marker and runs himself out of bounds. Aiden Mikovic was trying to track him down but couldn't do so. And they're going to mark him down right at the first down marker at the 47-yard line. So a 7-yard pickup for the scramble from Koloveki, and move the chains.
2: Ooh, the Bearcats had him in the backfield there. That was a pretty nifty run there by the quarterback, Kolovecki, to escape the pressure that the Ugly Bearcats front brought. And he was just slide up to that sideline, get enough just for a first down. He missed his running back out of the backfield that that Luke Decker slid out of the backfield around here to the sideline. A delayed route. There was nobody there. Could have been an easy 10-yard completion, but he gets the job done with his feet escaping the pressure applied by the defense.
0: First and 10 for Iron Mountain at their own 47. Wing T to the right, Kolvacky under center. And it's a handoff to Wolfen. It's a reverse back around to the right side, to the left side, to Matthew Kulvecki. And he's gonna be brought down for the loss about four, maybe even five yards. Aiden Mikowiak was not fooled by the reverse and brings him down for a four yard loss back at the 42 yard line. Second down, 14 to go for Iron Mountain. Not exactly what they prescribed.
2: Uh, Logan Vollmering uh, is not going to get enough credit on this play as he was in the backfield disrupting that, forcing that reverse to go even further backwards, pushing the play back, and that just allowed the rest of the ugly defense to come up and swarm to the football, led by Aiden Mikowiak to make that tackle in the backfield.
0: Second down, 14 to go. Three wide to the right, two to the left. Empty sent for Kolevicki. Out of the spread. Quick pass downfield, and this one brought in by Luke Wolf. He has the first down down to the ugly 40-yard line before he's finally stopped after a 17-yard pickup. Cannon Peruski tracks him down at the ugly 40. Move the chains for Iron Mountain, but this one is just academic at this point, as it's a 27-point lead for the L.E. Bearcats with 540 and counting in the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, and we've heard Coach Becker talk about this in previous games. Just just don't get burned for the big one. Keep the play in front of you, and uh, just that will allow a ton of clock to come off a time to come off the clock and yes wolf got a s- escaped there for a bigger game than they'd like but they make the tackle keep them inbounds and keep the clock running up 41 to 14 with five twenty to go in the game
0: I formation with a receiver wide each way kolveki under center and staying in the pocket now looking to his left to pass and that's lets it fly downfield down to about the 10 yard line and this one is going to be nearly intercepted as his pass was intended for matthew kolveki and there was Ubley's Luke Valmering waiting for that one in center field. And the wind shifted the last second, hit his hands, and fell to the ground.
2: Yeah, it was deflected by Matt Kolovecki. He probably did a good job being a defensive back on that play, getting just enough on it, like you said, to change that direction a little bit. and bounces off the hands of Luke Valmering, incomplete. But it's a, it's a double route, right? It's a go route. You show that pump fake quick curl route and then spin around and go down the field and it was heave downfield where his receiver would like to go get it but two obly bearcats in the defenders in the area to make
0: sure defending that pass that it falls incomplete and now we have an official timeout as the officials are saying they need to move out an injured player for the Iron Mountain Mountaineers that's number 60 who's going to be checking out that's Alec Halfacord uh, right guard in defensive end Number 50, Colin Schneider, starting defensive tackle, uh, also listed as a tackle, a 5'10", 155-pound senior, replacing him. So he sits down with Oscar Kangas, and looks like he is done as well. Second down and 10 for the Iron Mountain Mountaineers with 5'06", in the fourth quarter. Ugly 41, Iron Mountain 14, as the snow has not stopped falling here, picking back up once again in the second half. And all we can see are about every other 10-yard line. We're at the 40 of Ubley. That's a yard line we can see. The next yard line we can see is the 20. As even the snow piles are blocking the yard markers on the far sideline. Rolling to his right, Joe Colavecki in trouble. Now looking downfield, throws it, and it's going to be brought in. Actually, no, it is dropped. At about the, thir- the 27 of Ubley, pass was intended for number 11, Luke Fulmering. Pass was broken up by Cannon Baruski uh, for the Ubley defense on the linebacker position and falls incomplete third down and 10 from the 40 of ugly.
2: At Kulavec, does what he's done all afternoon, and that's escape from the pocket, buy himself some more time, extend that play is right. And Luke Wolf was open, and he makes the throw to him right in, at his face mask. He goes up to get it, but he heard footsteps, and as he got that ball in his hands to pull it into his chest, he actually spiked it right to the ground, didn't quite haul it in, was already trying to protect himself from the hit. Probably would have been enough for a first down, maybe a yard short at the most. Instead, it's third down and a
0: long 10 for the Mountaineers. Trips to the right, and he has... Farah to his right hip. Kolovecki in the shotgun, throwing downfield, and this one is overthrown. Pass was intended for Matthew Kolovecki at the first down marker. Falls incomplete. In coverage was number 64, Cannon persky once again. Falls incomplete, now 4th and 10 from Ubley's 40-yard line. 4.55 left in the 4th quarter i 41 iron mountain 14 and kolovaki just
2: missed him Uh, that was uh, an open receiver he threw it behind him it falls incomplete for the bearcats but that was an open receiver that you got to hit and uh he does not so fourth down and 10 coming up now as the bearcat defense will look to try to keep this ball in front of them and i assume they're gonna have to defend a pass play here and try to take over on downs yet again
0: kolovaki on the day 10 of 19 for 172 yards with one interception no scores through the air MG set, three to the right, two to the left, and now he's already in trouble as finds himself in the backfield, and he throws this down, and this one's going to hit the turf. Uh, Farrow is about five yards away from that one. It's going to be a turnover on down for the second time of the day for the ugly defense, and the Bearcats are back on offense with a 27-point lead with 449 left in regulation.
2: Yeah, good job there, they send the blitz, they bring Candon Peruski around the backside of the quarterback, he senses it and rolls out to his right. He had Brandon Farah, had a chance to hit him, uh, but on the run, in these conditions, throws it a little low, one hops right next to his intended receiver, Farah, incomplete. And they dial up a blitz and it works for the Ugly defense. They get off the field and now with a big lead and 4.50 to go in the fourth quarter. We can see some run plays here for the Bearcats to try to run this clock down to nothing.
0: And if it's anything like the previous three-course, we might even see one more score here from the Bearcats. T-formation, Prusky under center, handoff to Seth Mauer. He has positive yards, and his threads as scrum forward is him in four black jerseys. He has the first down all the way to the Iron Mountain 49-yard line. The first point of contact was about seven miles before that, and he drags his defenders beyond the sticks for a new set of downs nice run there by
2: seth mauer and it's just one of those things you you love about the bearcats is every single play they give you your all no matter who is in the game and it doesn't matter it's 41 to 14 seth mauer is running people over dragging them past that first down marker for a gain of 11
0: for the bearcats gotta give credit someone in the ugly fan base has been holding a flag since about 12 30 this this uh, this afternoon and is still waving it proudly it has not gone down at any moment like a platoon master there holding the flag up it's a t formation it's a handoff to seth Maurer again he has positive yards and on the second effort is all the way down for about an eight yard gain all the way down to the iron mountain 42 yard line he was dragging his defenders and being tackled forward they're trying to go for the strip none was there and then we'll say number 65 on the tackle austin Goldswag, a defensive lineman for the iron mountain defense with the stop second down eight yards to go from the iron mountain 42
2: well i can tell you clark that uh we know who the Ubley Bearcats opponent will be next week, and it is Ottawa Lake-Whiteford. As, as expected. Uh, they put up 22 unanswered points in the second half to win 44-6 to wow. six in their state semifinal game.
0: So running clock situation there for Ottawa Lake-Whiteford against Clarkson Everest. So Ubley trying to salt this one away and punch their ticket to the to the, uh, to the the state finals, and it's a handoff to number 54 for the Ubley offense. That is a new man in the backfield, Jace Susala listed as a left guard and also plays in the backfield as we have a flag back at the 43 yard line
2: yeah he filled in there in the makoviak role there as that fullback and they go they go ahead and give it to the senior right up the middle and he turns into a really nice gain but you can see the mid judge there throw a flag in the backfield they're going to call ubley for a hold and they're going to drop him back 10 yards from the spot of that foul
0: so that is just the second penalty on the ubley bearcats today two penalties for 25 yards 3-18 3-18 and counting here in the fourth quarter. Back into their own territory at their own 48-yard line. believe 41, Iron Mountain 14, a 27-point lead as Embruski trots in from the sideline, getting the call from Eric Sweeney, head coach. Back into the huddle. Yellow Bearcats made it to the state finals in 2020. Lost in that one. And trying to... And that lost to Centerville, 22-0. Trying to avenge that loss and then more. Trying to get the state's school's first state championship in school history. Another handoff to Susal again. He's out for the running. He has the first down. into like a, a Mack truck driving down the lane. He gets across the 40. Finally brought down with the 38 by Luke Wolf. And that was a large mass moving forward quickly. And he's about to about the fifth for a 15 yard pickup. First and 10. He moves
2: pretty good for yeah, a big guy, doesn't so. he? Right up the middle as he plows forward, getting a few carries here in this situation and loving every second of it. Fifteen yards later, he doesn't matter about the penalty. He rumbles ahead and gets the Bearcats another first down.
0: Two twenty-five and counting. T formation, Peruski under center, waiting for the play clock to get under ten before he settles under center once again from the Iron Mountain thirty eight yard line. Snow still coming down here from Northman Stadium in petoskey Michigan. Splitting the hash marks, or what we think the hash marks are. Another handoff to Jason Salah. He's rumbling forward. Ball pops loose at the end, and they're going to say he was down, and as he was before the ball popped loose. Tackle made by Iron Mountain's 44. That's Andrew Nelson, linebacker, senior. 5'10", 165 pounds, second string. Gain of eight on the play. Second down and two is Jay Salah. Now with an impressive uh, effort here so far. 23 yards for Jay Salah
2: nice run there by Susala exact same play but that that's the spot that Makoviak was filling and throughout this game you can see Makoviak had lots of running room Mark Hiley got lots of running room they bring in the next guys and reward them with some carries they're getting some big gains on this Mountaineer defense 41-14 with a minute and a half to go in this game Ubley driving down the field yet again
0: second down two yards to go three men backfield Brewski under center a clock under 10. There's the snap handoff to number two, Caden Ozentoski. He has the first down all the way down to about the 20-yard line before he is brought down by Iron Mountain's Aiden Ellis. Sophomore defensive back. Move the chains for another new set of downs for the Illy Bearcats.
2: Nice run there by Ozentoski. He gets in on the action, filling that Mark Heilig role as he takes it around the left side and gets another really good gain for the Bearcats.
0: First and ten for Ubley, less than a minute to play, laying this play clock get down, Iron Mountain doing some substitutions as well, and doing a hockey change here, as number 16 checks in, that's Cal Lotzenheiser Jr. First and ten for Ubley, and there's the knee, the Jenny Fleck is in, and the Ubley Bearcats are going back to the state finals! punch their way through the state semifinals in commanding fashion, taking out the Iron Mountain Mountaineers 41-14, a 27-point victory in favor of the Bearcats, making their third trip to the state finals in school history, and perhaps this is the one that could get them eternal glory. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, the ugly Bearcats victorious in the 13th week of the season with about 24 inches of snow. And you're listening to the WLW Sports Network, your home for the entire postseason. We'll see you in Ford Field. But in the meantime, we have a postgame show to come up in just three minutes away from Petoskey, Michigan. Final score, Ugly 41, Iron Mountain 14. Stay tuned. We'll have more after this. Probably Bearcats victorious in the 13th week of the season, which means it's time for the state championship game. Making their appearance in the state finals for just the third time in school history. Now their third victory in the semifinals in nine tries and Dave Hansen. How much to tell us how we got to this final score of Ubly 41, Iron Mountain 14?
2: Uh, it started on the first play of the game, Clark. Mark Heilig takes it 65 yards untouched to the house. Brett Mueller attacks on the PAT, and it was on right from the get-go. After a three and out stop, the Ubly Bearcats would score again an Aiden McKiak, 19-yard run. Mueller PAT good. 14 nothing ugly in the first quarter late in the first quarter though iron mountain would get on the board with a fair one yard touchdown run the pat was good and at the end of the first quarter ugly 14 iron mountain seven in the second quarter though all mark heilig he is seven yard touchdown run mueller pat good he would also mark heilig that is tack on another touchdown 31 yards this time The Euler PAT was blocked, but at the half, Ubley with a commanding lead, 27-7. In the third quarter, Aiden Makoviak scores on a seven-yard touchdown run. Mueller PAT good. Ubley extends their lead, 34-7 at the end of the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, Farrell would punch it in one more time. Another one-yard touchdown run. He would make his own PAT. Ubley. Still would lead though 34 to 14, and Aiden McCoviak later in the fourth quarter, seven and a half minutes ago, would score for the third time on a short touchdown run. Mueller's PAT was good, and Ubley will advance to the fourth field with a 41 to 14 victory over Iron Mountain.
0: 27 points, the closest victory for the Ubley Bear Gants, and It was never in question, really, from the get go. Mark Heilig. Set the tone very early for this offense, and Bearcat squad scoring in the very first play of possession in this game, which is nine seconds in, and it was nothing but the same for the remaining 47 minutes and 51 seconds. 41 to 14, obviously with 421 yards all on the ground on 41 carries and six scores, averaging 10.3 per carry on the day. They had eight less plays of offense compared to Iron Mountain, and they had 198 more yards to show for it. Iron Mountain with 29 carries for 51 yards and two scores through the air, 10 of 20 for 172 yards with one interception, no touchdowns through the air. Mark Hollig leading the way for the Bearcats with 18 carries, 202 yards and three scores, averaging 11.2 per carry, and carried the ball 44% of the time. Aiden Makowiak, 144 yards and 11 11 carries with three scores, averaging 13.1 per carry. He'll carry the ball 27% of the time. Seth Mauer, five carries, 35 yards. Jay Sala, two carries for 23 yards. Kate Nazantowski, one carry for 12 yards. And Evan Brewski, just a terrible day. Four carries for five yards. Quiet day for him and storing it all up for the state championship as that is where the Allegheny Bearcats are going next for this coming Friday. Black Friday at 10 a.m. from Ford Field. Coverage will start at 9 a.m. on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at kick Kickoff at 10 a.m. against I Don't Like Whiteford as they took out Clarkson Everest 44-6 to in Woodhaven today. So the Division 8 final is set. I Don't Like Whiteford against the Upley Bearcats in Ford Field.
2: Yeah, looking forward to it. And, and you know, it's been... the. Uh then the one team that we've kind of had our eye on the whole season is ottawa lake whiteford and ubley seem to be the teams of destiny the teams to beat the question was is when would they run into each other and as we went along we we had thought or maybe hoped that somebody would put up a fight against our bearcats but nobody's up to the task so maybe ottawa lake whiteford is a team that can hang around with these ugly bearcats but the way they have ran through their schedule literally ran through their schedule um with one more possession here, they probably would have scored again to put up what would have been another running clock situation. That's how good this team has been on both sides of the ball. You had Brett Mueller as a weapon that really is an advantage where it's automatic, extra points. It's a field position mover when he kicks off every single time. But it starts with this running game. Nobody has had an answer to it this year. The The offensive line does not get enough credit. Guys like Heilig and Makoviak and Maurer have been running on people all season long, and just when you think you have that figured out, like Fowler thought they did last week, Evan Peruski keeps it for himself around the outside. and completely exploits the defense for a huge play. And normally, a slow moving, methodical, wear-you-down milk-the-clock team um, that minimizes opposing teams' drives has turned into a high-powered, high-fashion running game that just scores early often and seems like every single time and uh, this team has been fun to watch almost to the point where we just are hoping somebody can push this team so we can see exactly what they're made of but right now they win in dominating fashion every single week and Ottawa White- Whiteford is next
0: in an arena in which saw t- more than 24 inches of snowfall in the last 28 or hour, 48 hours Probably, honestly, closer to 30 inches. We saw an upwards of 6 inches fall since we arrived to Northman Stadium here at about 9 a.m. Just a snow-filled day. A, just a winter wind landscape today. Something that we will never forget, that is for sure. Uh, for the Obli uh, Bearcats, for the entire squad. Uh, there, as you may have heard, Kendall picking up the microphones on the sideline there for a second. But uh, just truly an unbelievable performance here from the Obli Bearcats it's been we saw week number one we saw the ugly bearcats against the bad axe hatchets and we said oh wow they're in playoff form already and it's week number one then labor day happened and it was just the same thing again in the beginning nine weeks of the same thing then in the playoffs okay competition's getting a little harder right nope running clock every single week this week no running clock but still 27 point victory in the state semifinals
2: yeah we've run into some better teams but it's one of those deals where ugly is just on another level and uh, this iron mountain team is good They're not great, though. Ubley is great. The competition that Ubley has played this year has not been good. And Ottawa Lake-Whiteford, on the other side of things, they probably got an even easier draw. Uh, They had really a bunch of new teams to the playoffs, just nobody really threatening them at all. And the Ubley Bearcats, we had thought they were going to have to go through the ringer of some of these tough teams. We kind of saw Iron Mountain was a team that was going to be tough, but at the end of the day, Iron Mountain was exposed by a running game. The LB Bearcats aren't shy in what they're going to do. There's tape on it. You know where they're going to go with the football. they run a base offense all season long, and nobody has been able to stop what they just scratched the surface on doing, and they just beat you with their running game, and on a dry field, in perfect conditions next week, you're going to see Evan Peruski have a big game, because all the tape shows this running game powerfully up the middle, and then when he lures to sleep he keeps around the outside and as good as those running backs are Evan Perusky is even better in space he yeah, may be a little slower than Mike Heilig but he is probably the second fastest kid on this team and change of direction is second to none and you will see them uh, on the big stage next week and looking forward to uh, a match of destiny so to speak with the 2022 season Ottawa Lake Whiteford is the other team that we've been hearing so much about we get to see him front stage on the biggest stage uh, down there in Detroit
0: Final thoughts here from Petoskey, Michigan.
2: First of all, just an awesome facility, and uh, they've really handled all the chaos really, really well. Um, Again, would love to see this place without snow, but fabulous facility. Um, Ken over here did an excellent job uh, taking good care of us. Um, The booth is fantastic. The field's even better. And uh, just a a phenomenal facility, as $14 million should be, Yes, but it is. It lives up to the hype, and uh, everybody here— did a fabulous job, and, and congrats to the L.B. Bearcats. Uh, it just, again, in dominating fashion, taking care of business, You know, checking your ego at the door, coming in here and, and working extremely hard on every single play. This running game is fantastic. The offensive and defensive line don't get enough credit, and they win in dominating fashion with 421 yards all on the ground.
0: We weren't there in 2020 when they made it to the finals as they defeated johannesburg in 43 nothing in the semifinal in Traverse City. They lost to Centerville in the final, 22-0. And I'm sure that is on the minds of a lot of, of the players on this squad, especially the seniors, even the juniors. Evan Brusky was on that squad as a freshman in 2020, marched their way all the way to the finals, lost, you know, blanked by Centerville. Now... Is it time for the chickens to come home to roost?
2: And it's it's a very common theme for the thumb area teams. Anytime they've made a run, by the time they get to Ford Field, they're heavy underdogs by the time they get there. you know The Harbor Beach Pirates were underdogs 10 years ago. The Ubley Bearcats um, against Centerville were underdogs. Centerville was the team to beat. I don't feel that way. The way I see this team... I think Ottawa Lake Whiteford is going to be chasing the Bearcats uh, in the spread. By the time we get our research in and really home it in, it could be a very close spread before the game. But as of right now, I like the odds for the LB Bearcats. This is their time. This is the team that can do it. And like I said, there isn't that gigantic, monstrous Traverse City, St. Francis waiting for you. There isn't the Saginaw Novells of 15 years ago waiting for you. This is a level playing field, and you can see what our area teams can do against them. The LB Bearcats showcasing that, and they have the opportunity to bring home some very um, hard-to-get
0: hardware next week. I was going to say, this is the most feasible state championship I recall in the 12 years that I've been broadcasting locally here. Is, is And this one is attainable by any means in the mind. And the LB Bearcats, I know the coaching staff, Eric Sweeney, Jim Becker, all of those guys who are right next was through this glass, Dave, today. They're going to keep their foot on the accelerator. They say, we're going to go hard, we're going to go full force. Now this is a weird week because you've got the game on Friday, which means you travel on Thursday. You've got Thanksgiving in there as well. It's already Saturday, so it's a short week. You're going to be watching film tomorrow. You're going to be practicing Monday. Now granted, it could be absolutely green space once we get back to Ubley. Frankly, we could be green green fields about 20 miles outside of Petoskey here as well. And now you're going back in to play inside. You're you know Maybe you'll be able to get inside and play on turf head over at Lakers through the Legacy Center. Beautiful facility over there. But really, it's a a weird week, and you got to keep your eye on the prize, and I have no doubt that that's what the LB Bearcats are going to do.
2: Like I said, the LB Bearcats look fantastic, and the big thing for them is it doesn't necessarily matter what Ottawa Lake is going to bring probably is going to try to control the game and play it their way and it starts with their wing tee base offense you know sometimes they shift one of the running backs uh, when they lean heavily to the right but it sets it's setting up a running game they're always trying to set up the big play and typically in dry space it's how do we attack the middle and escape peruski around the outside tonight it was or today it was how are you going to stop Hylig? and when you do one time then we're going right to makoviak and he made them pay and uh like i said that one two punch was. Is enough today, they'll have a much better conditions to utilize all of their weapons next week. And again, so on a short week, I still like their odds because they are not going to change who they are. They haven't in the 33 years of my life on this earth, and they're not going to change it because they're going to Ford Field. They are going to bring a physical version of the wing tee right at you and on defense they're the exact same way they don't miss tackles they swarm to the ball carrier and the communication is on another level this team is ready to make history in ugly and i think they're going to be ready for it next week
0: can't wait to be there i'm looking forward to it coverage begins at 9 a.m from ford field on friday black friday from ford field coverage begins at 9 kickoff at 10 a.m so Dave Hanson, congratulations to Kendall Anthos, who secured his 1st meteor on table victory of all any, ever. Our interns, he had to ugly by 28 points, 35-7. to 7, It was 27 with that blocked PAT. Dave yeah. Hanson, great job today.
2: Yeah, thank you. This was, uh, again, a wonderful establishment, uh, you know, great host here as well. And uh, I highly recommend anybody who wants to, uh, you know, get a neutral site game to contact uh, these guys over here in Petoskey. They do a nice job and are excellent hosts, and the facility is top-notch.
0: All right, Dave Hanson, thank you. So on behalf of our entire broadcast team here, broadcasting from Petoskey, Michigan, Doug Cole, director of sports information, had his hands full today as he couldn't see any of the lines, and we got our stats spot on as usual. Dave Hanson, in-game analysis, our spotter, filling in for Dan Banky today, our intern, Kendall Anthos from Northwood University, and I'm Clark Ramsey, producer and host of this broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's game. You of course can go back and listen to this entire broadcast in its entirety on WLWsports.com. It's on to Ford Field now. As today's game is brought to you by Thumbsailor, Agar Valley Services, DS Services, Cotic Radiator, Randy's Honey Center, North Star Bank, Kieran Auto Parts, Countryside, Transportation, Bayport State Bank, Ably Motor Service, Miguelski Ferner Home, McVeigh Insurance Agency, Nutrient Egg Solutions, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and Sure Health. So on behalf of the entire broadcast team, we'll drive safe. We'll drive back to, from Petoskey back to the Thumb Michigan, and it's on to Ford Field. The road to Ford Field has met its end, and now the state title is on the line. We'll see you in a week from Ford Field.
1: This has been a presentation of the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Valley Services. On Sports Radio 102.1 FM and live and worldwide at WLEWsports.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search for WLEW Sports. Your home for high school football is the WLEW Sports Network.